Hey there. We would like to extend a special thanks to Samuel Charles Lowry, Joe Martin, Joost Vervoort, Mark Wilson, and Chris Adams. We're thanking you because you gave to our Patreon. Others can be thanked if they go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and donate at the proper amount. Once again, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. My name is Cole Ross, and you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Quest for Glory 2 Trial by Fire, which is a hybrid adventure game developed by Sierra Online for the PC in 1990. Mm-hmm. A series I've been meaning to get to for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this, is, uh, this is the first game of our theme month for September, which is Autour Adventure Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was dictated by our patron, Nick. Um, really, really great theme yes all the themes so far have been great this is a really really great uh theme though i think um yeah and this is this is the uh the brainchild of the coals mm. people Not after my that. own name yes people <laughs> after cole's own name different different spelling yeah. So the, the L.A. Noir Coles. Well, the L.A. Noir Coles, actually. <laughs> not not the, the L.A. Noir Coles. Uh, yeah. Nobody nobody quite has my spelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. This is this is uh these games are really neat. These mm-hmm. people had a thing they wanted to do and they did it. Yes. Uh you know. <laughs> and uh so yeah, it's extremely cool and we'll we'll get into why it's cool, but these are these are really interesting. Yeah. Um uh, so in this you play as the hero of Spielberg who has traveled to this kind of Arabian Nights inspired realm of Shapir um for some R&R before you get kind of entangled in this quest to save the city. Mhm. Um, yeah, and all of that stuff, like the the hero of Spielberg, is what you become in the first one. Yes. Uh, so there, this has a lot of ties to the first one, and then also to the subsequent games. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the more impressive things about this is that it feels like it was always kind of envisioned as this uh, quintology. Yeah. Um, another really impressive thing about it, and the way this is not quite, um, you know, like other Sierra adventure games, is that this is a hybrid adventure game RPG. Yes. Um, it, it really adds, you know, RPG elements to the point where a lot of the times, you know, when you're, you know, like when you're looking at the stat sheet, um, or making your character, it feels like a D and D inspired Western RPG, mm-hmm. computer RPG. And and when you start, they really are going for that. When you start the first one, there's a little message that just says, or and it's also in the manual <clears throat> where they say, you know, this is a role-playing game, you know, think about what your character would do, approach problems the way your character would like. They're encouraging you to play a role. Hmm. Um, the there's not tons of space for that because of the vintage hmm. of this, you know. So there's not quite enough text for it to be extremely robust in that respect. Right. Um, and the way they kind of get around that is through classes, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that you kind of get around in this that you're able to 
embody that role playing is that you can, you know, ask about things, have this open ended way of interacting through a text parser. Yes. Um, that there's a VGA remake of uh, of this game uh, that was made by fans where they switch it to a kind of uh, a scum style, you know, kind of, or uh, rather a uh, cursor based uh, kind of thing that allows you to um, kind of contextually choose based on, on what you're looking at and yeah. kind of switch through different icons. Yes. Um, I, and so both of us ended up doing the VGA remake. I attempted before we discussed doing, making that choice, I attempted the parser one. Um, man, it is difficult to go back to a parser based game. Um, the, 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 the secret to this is to do the uh, VGA, VGA remake with the hybrid. Yes. Because it gives you the parser option, mm -hmm. which allows you to see some kind of Easter eggs and you, and, you know, why not have both? Yeah. Um, I also attempted to do the original version, but it requires a numpad and guess what? My keyboard doesn't have yeah uh, so yeah um i cannot play the uh the original version of this but the uh sierra put out a remake of the first one that also has the same kind of non-parser system yeah as well i also got used to that so. yeah so um it's a little bit uh, uh less of a less of an ask when you do something like a text adventure or interactive fiction because there's no need to kind of guess uh to guess what that thing is called so yeah the like the, the the vga remake comes recommended because of that uh for every aspect really except for the combat which i understand the vga remake kind of uh complicates in kind of a dumb way i, w I was looking it up online and they it seems like the combat was kind of always going to be what it is yeah like i don't think that the vga combat is that much worse okay um it's a little bit worse and it adds an auto combat feature that is too fiddly to use um and, and i tried to get to use because we'll talk about uh, the combat in this game which i think is actually a big bummer yeah um but i couldn't get to, to work but i think that the combat in this game just kind of is the quest for glory 2 combat yeah like uh, i think the the vga remake is generally like i can't imagine a reason to not play that one right uh it adds content as well it's not just ease of use stuff it adds easter eggs and stuff that um were from the the cole's original notes um, that they they had like cut cut content and references to later games, mm -hmm. um, you know that were uh, in the original game, but you can now expand upon them, nice, you know, and kind of ask further about them. So it's it's a much better kind of version of this, right? Yeah. Um, so that's how you get around, um, and that uh, kind of noun verb selection system with a cursor is pretty robust. Um, you have different puzzles. Um, but different puzzles have different solutions depending on your skills. Um, and kind of importantly, your success is determined by your skill level. Um, specifically, like if your communication skill isn't high enough, like you may in attempting to speak to somebody just kind of start rambling on things like that. The, um, it's, it's interesting too, cause it's, it's, that's dependent, um, largely on class. Yes. And when we say your success in the puzzles is dependent on that. It's your success in individual actions. Yes. Like you, you still have to determine what to do, but sometimes those actions will succeed or fail right. depending on the skill level that you have. Um, so there's still kind of traditional puzzles in an adventure game sense where you have to figure out what approach mm -hmm. to make. It's just there's a chance of failure depending on your skills. Um, to kind of balance that, there are oftentimes multiple ways to solve puzzles. And specifically, there are kind of three different templates for, for different uh, puzzle solving paths, which uh, correspond to the three different classes. Yeah. the game has uh which are fighter thief and mage um there are also uh, when you start the game and choose your class you can allocate different skill points to these things they also have different starting skills mm -hmm. uh, and those map onto pretty traditional rpg yeah yeah you can, you can kind of tell by looking at i think the only skill that i never really used an awful lot of was climb 
Um, mm-hmm. But that seems like an artifact or it just seems like something they put in that they never really figured out what to do with. Um, um, climb is used to uh, in the first one a lot to leave the city or go into the city after dark. Mm, okay. Um, and a couple of puzzles in the first one. I think there are a couple of places where you can use climb yeah. in the uh, in the second game as well. But it does have a little bit of that open ended structure. So it's not unusual to go through the game without using it. Yeah. Uh, so I rolled a thief um, and I ended up using a magic rope quite a bit. But that never that, that never failed. It may have, may have just been because of my agility score, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it might be a thing, too, where, like, if you had the skill, you wouldn't have had to buy that. Right, right. You know, so it's like a thing you can skill around or you can you can buy this magical item. Yeah. Um, the economy in these games is a little like you start off absolutely scrambling and starving and then eventually money has no meaning, like relatively pretty quickly, <laughs> at least in, in my playthrough. It's so another like, way that it's like an RPG. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to spend. Um, I ended up neither of us played a fighter. I ended up playing a mage. Mm-hmm. And thank God, because I didn't want to engage with the combat more in this game, which is how you know playing as a fighter works right um at least as a mage the the combat in this game is pretty dire um and we'll we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about uh in this episode like the different approaches to these puzzles through a thief or mage because they're yeah. very different um gameplay styles yeah um yeah yeah um what's great about this though so even though you're selecting a class um when you're building your character you can um spend a little bit more to give yourself a cross-class ability so you can be a thief who has magic or you can uh uh, be a fighter who picks locks you just have to do that at the expense of something else the uh the the secret to that is um (laughs) stat ups are basically free and so are skill ups because Mm -hmm. of the way training works so like go hog wild and give yourself the ability to do a bunch of stuff. And and it, it it unlocks quests as well. Yeah. So like to do thief stuff, you just need to have lock picks so you can make the thief sign. Yeah. To do the major magic side quest in this, you just need to be able to cast spells. Right. Um so you can do a hybrid class. I didn't I didn't do that. I wouldn't, you know, RP servered it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's cool that it's available. Yeah. I, I gave my thief the spell casting ability just just to see how that system worked so I could talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it, it's an interesting system, yeah. which, which we'll get into. When you talk about uh, how it's basically free to include setups, what's really neat about the series, I think, or one of the things that's very neat and very ahead of its time is uh, skills go up through practice right. and kind of use, which is, you know, when the Elder Scrolls games did that, it was like a big deal. Yeah. You know, like that, that is a, uh, a, a back of the box kind of thing. Like this is a realistic way of gaining, you know, skill and, and leveling up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty neat to see that in an adventure game. Yeah. Um, you know, it can just through regular use, things will go up. Um, you know, you have your kind of hard stats, which are your stamina, your health, uh, the money, and then time, uh, time moves at a persistent rate. We'll talk about that a little bit later yeah. in this game. Um, but you know, and this this is actually kind of ties into something that's a little bit of a bummer, but like I spend a lot of time like going out and shooting magic missiles at a wall yeah, um, to get better at magic missiles so I could survive the, the few mandatory combat encounters <laughs> right. in this. Right. So that is the problem with this kind of, uh, you know, Lamarckian kind of system, um, mm. you know, where you get better at the things that you do. See also Final Fantasy 2. The uh, the yeah. NES one. See also like even like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you just have a bunch of idiots hucking rocks and drinking potions. Um, yeah, you end up with a lot of that. As a thief, you get the ability to pick your nose by you by using a lockpick mm-hmm. on yourself. Um, mm-hmm. If your skill is low, you give yourself a hemorrhage and you die. Uh, your skill is high. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that. I knew that you could pick your nose. I didn't know you could die from it. Though. Yep, <laughs> you're too good at it. Yeah. Yeah. 
You bring out the drill. Uh, Like the safe cracking drill. Trepanation, my friend. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. The the, the McElroy's told us specifically not to do that. Uh, No, but if you succeed, which, you know, it's not really, (laughs) it's not really that hard to do it. You know, the, 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 the threshold to not die is pretty low. Uh, you increase, like, a bunch of stuff that doesn't really stand to reason. Like, that is how I raised my agility and my intelligence as well. So mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense if you are getting up there and performing brain surgery Yeah, on you're just moving the parts of your brain around yeah, to yeah. make them better. Yeah. <laughs> you're just playing pipe dreams up yeah, there to, yeah, like... a little bit of cranial feng shui. Increase brain. <laughs> um, with the, with this, the thing that is cool about this, so like I ended up finding that process of training a little bit tedious, but mm-hmm. it ties into kind of the rhythm the game is going for, which I think is really interesting, Yeah, uh, which is like a hangout vibe. Yeah. You know, like long stretches, you know, this game, uh, things happen on set days in this game. This is getting a little bit ahead, but it ties yeah, into this. Yeah. Um, and in between those times, you just like they want you to come up with a routine. Yeah. Like you wake up in the morning, you check in on your friends. You go to the points of interest, you know, ask, see what's new, go to the, oh, the fighter trainer, get into a few fights until your stamina is done, go rest for a little bit, go outside and shoot magic at a wall and then go to sleep. Yeah. It's a little bit Shenmue-y actually. Yeah. 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 I was going to say like, it has a little bit of that real life sim to mm-hmm. it, which is really interesting because that's something that the first one doesn't have. Um, the first one doesn't have that kind of set. There are no down days. Right. It's not a, it's not like pinned to a schedule. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the the um that's something they added, and this is something that like doesn't uh speak to me specifically, but I can just imagine that really working for somebody. Oh, especially like, at the being... time too. Like just kind of like oh, this just gives you a world to exist in. Mm-hmm. And it, it does a really great job of that for 1990. Yeah. I think of just uh you know and and it's fun to go in and check on your friends like the characters are all pretty interesting and the game is pretty funny which you know we alluded to with hemorrhaging yourself <laughs> you're picking your nose like it is it is pleasurable to exist in this world you know it's just like it can be a grind yeah and just you know it I grind grinds are not for me but it's it's not uh it's not a terrible execution of that and even then things go by pretty quick yeah like even the grinding I was doing was not, uh, you know, tapping a, a spell button on a rock until my stamina ran out was a minute or two. Right. At most. Yeah. You know, so and, it went pretty quick. And like once you figure out that you do not need to max yourself out to succeed in this game, like it, it, it stopped being like, all right, well, this is a chore that I have to do. And it kind of just became, well, I need to sleep to advance to evening so I can do this. You know, before I do that, just let me let me do this do this thing a couple of times and then finish it, be, it out. Yeah, it becomes a really fun unemployment simulator <laughs> where your character day sleeps uh, a lot. Yo. Like rolls out of bed. His friends force him to eat some like nutritious food so he <laughs> won't fall into too much of a depression. Then he goes back to bed <laughs> after that. I'm happy uh, you just, made that same observation. Uh, you you sleep way more in this game than you do in the first one. <laughs> like it's a real nappy. you you nap a lot yeah well and you're also sprawled out in a bed that is probably the size of a zip code it looks awesome (laughs) like i i've I've talked about um have i talked about mega bathroom uh Um, no you have not you have not talked about mega bathroom so so my dream like i don't uh i don't think i'm on a life trajectory to ever be wealthy but if i was ever obsessed uh obscenely wealthy um i have this idea originally started with mega bathroom but mega bedroom would be a thing too Mm -hmm. and mega mega bathroom uh so, so buckle up this will be a moment mega bathroom is uh i own an estate like the spencer mansion style estate mm-hmm. you know in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the forest there is a large glass room 
like uh, the size of like a, a, a sizable one bedroom apartment. Glass, daring. Okay. Glass, uh, surrounded by forest, <laughs> okay. you know, but glass, like you can't, uh, and then inside the floor and all of the normal bathroom fixtures you would see are all cut from one piece. Okay. So it's just like mossy stone, uh, with, with a drain in the middle, but like the sink is all one piece. The toilet is all one piece. And then you can probably voice control, but without like Alexa, like, you know, in this scenario, I can just invent my own like mm-hmm. Alexa, yeah, yeah, you know, or like whatever, whatever I want to brand it. Just Jarvis and, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just Jarvis it. Uh, and it just, it rains warm water in there whenever you want. Okay. And that's what you do for showers. That's how you bidet. You do everything. <laughs> it's being, being naked in the middle of the forest without a soul for miles in warm rain in like a beautiful forest environment. What I'm picturing is Cameron's dad's it's me naked. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is glass walls, right? Yeah. Oh, well, it is glass walls. What I'm picturing is Cameron's dad's garage from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Yeah. But without Cameron, <laughs> no, like Alan, no, no Alan Ruck. Yeah, no, no Alan Ruck. Ruck free. Uh, <laughs> like, get the Ruck out of here. Like, no, no neurotic nerds okay. are allowed in mega bathroom. Well, except for the one. Except, except, well, I think I would be a lot less neurotic. Okay, yeah. With mega bathroom, but so, so if you know, I have mega bathroom, and there'd probably be like a pedestrian bathroom in the main house for when I didn't feel like having the mega bathroom experience. It's, I mean, this seems like it would be like a half. Like, it'd be like going for a, like a like a round of golf, like eighteen holes. This would be a yeah, half yeah. day commitment. Yeah, yeah, a couple couple times a week. Okay, you know, I, I like to go to a mega bathroom, right. um, and not just for showering. Like it'd be for all bathroom activities. Like I think it would be fun to brush your teeth in mega bathroom. Mm, yeah. um, but mega bedroom. In this, the corollary for that would be like you open a door and there's just a bed covering the entire floor of like a large room mm. and you just crawl in and wherever you're at, you're in bed. Yeah. I was picturing I, like a, like, like Kramer's levels apartment, you know? Where, uh, yeah. A little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, where it's nothing but platforms with, uh, with, with cushion and stuff. So like, no matter where, <laughs> no matter where you fall, like, yeah, that's, you just sleep there. It's fine. Yeah, that, that's the kind of thing. Like, like I'm looking for more of like a nest experience rather than like being confined by a bed. Yes, you know. Um, so yeah, and then I haven't, I haven't quite figured out mega kitchen. Like, mm. I think mega kitchen might just be like a normal ass kitchen <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> with with like one of those kitchen islands and more than two pots. Well, I mean, me- mega kitchen would be like what you would get at a Benihana or a uh, or, or like a Mongolian barbecue. Yeah, you know, that gigant, yeah. like the gigantic uh, uh, kind of skillet kind of thing that uh, that, that has the hole in the middle cool. that you scrape all or, the stuff into. Or you yeah. just like cook on any surface. Right, like, right. You, you drop an egg and then you just say like, you know, Garvis, cook. <laughs> and then that egg that you drop on the floor starts cooking. <laughs> and then <laughs> you can just pick it up off the floor and, yeah. and you know, <laughs> eat it like a potato chip. <laughs> yeah, it's fried, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe that's Mega Kitchen. I haven't thought about Mega Kitchen that much because you have to stand in it. Maybe Mega Kitchen is zero gravity. Okay. Uh, and all surfaces cook. Uh, you never have to touch a surface. And maybe there's a Mission Impossible harness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get lowered into Mega Bathroom yeah. or Mega Kitchen. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. Mega Closet is also really boring. But, like, the um, – anywho – this is this is the kind of bed you have in Quest for Glory. Mm. It's just like it's like the size of a room, and I love it. I love the contrast when you go to Rassier. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very funny. Yeah. All, all the contrast when you go to Rassier, yeah, are great. Like the the change to Rassier is one of my favorite things this game does. Yes, uh, which I'll talk about. It's extremely good. <laughs> um, so anyway, so you have this routine. Uh, your routine likely involves training for fighting because you have to survive a few combats in this game, uh, even if you're not playing as a fighter. And the fighting in the game is 
really pretty bad. It's especially dire, so much so that I kind of, in order to get through this, just bumped the difficulty on them all the way down. Regardless of how much training that I did as a thief, I had no durability, and you only have so much access to projectiles. Mm. Um, so it was a particular kind of failure that I outright reject, which is instantaneous failure with no feedback as to what you did wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's extreme. It's very similar with a, uh, a mage in the first game. The way that, um, it would work is that you would just kind of spam your magic missile and it would kill, you know, enemies for the most part. Like they would, it would just kind of be this war of attrition and it was bland, but it was, you got through it. Right. You know, it was just kind of perfunctory. It was like a, a, a stat check. Um, in this one, as a mage, enemies dodge, mm-hmm. uh, and there's just nothing to do. Like, yeah. you, like I would hit an enemy a couple times with a magic missile, he would dodge, and then eventually he would dodge, and then just start hucking daggers at me until I died. <laughs> and like my dodge was not very fast. I messed with the settings a lot. I messed with the uh, the game speed, things like that. I just could not succeed in combat like consistently without a lot of training until eventually I just made my magic missiles good enough that a few of them would do the trick. Yeah. You know, and still then, even when I got into fights, like I would come out pretty hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean like same thing for when I hucked daggers. Um, I, I, I huck hard bees. No, I, um, <laughs> I huck dagger bees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, whenever I threw through daggers, there was just a chance that they would block them. Um, and you only carry as many dagger, as many daggers as you've bought. Um, and there are ways to lose them as well. Uh, so like a full quiver of daggers or as many as I could afford would only take them down to like, you know, two thirds health, stuff like that. Yeah. It was just very like weirdly balanced. Um, and it seems specced for like all, like a punch out kind of thing where you are intended to watch their animations and know when and which way to dodge. Um, it gets really involved in terms of timing, in terms of like counter dodges or like even like combos as a thief. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just stuff that I, I like. I I recognize was there. I saw like maybe some of the good things that they were going for. If you had some durability, like the character animations are really good, um, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of fluid and expressive. Uh, I just it I, it just died too quickly to make any to make heads or tails of it. Well, and and also you know this doesn't forgive it because we look at games kind of as the experience as opposed to their time. But like 1990, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this was a lot cooler. Yeah, uh, 1990 PC. You know, in an adventure game, like this is pretty robust. Yeah. Um, and I have I watched people play it online where they they actually can do it. So I know it is doable. You know, like it is it is possible to do better at this and actually succeed at it. Yeah. Um, I just it just never felt like I could respond quick enough or that the game was registering my inputs. Yeah. You know, fast enough to do, you know, to do the kind of twitch based action stuff yeah. that just it required of me. Not Not enough feedback for what they were asking me to do. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you don't have to do it very often. And this is a little bit too. Um, the problem with me coming into this from the first one mm-hmm. is because in the first one, you have to do quite a lot of combat, even as a non-combat class. Yeah. In the second one, you don't have to do very much at all. Um, and I ended up seeking it out, thinking that I had to do that to train, and I really didn't. So I ended up doing more combat than I needed to. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many required fights. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're thinking about playing this, and I'd recommend you do, like I think this is a good game. Um, just know that you don't need to go out in the desert looking for trouble. No, really. No. And if you yeah. if you do get caught, there's very little penalty for running away. Yeah, almost um, not. Yeah. yeah. Like like really, the only penalty that I saw is if you ran away while you were in the desert. Um, you would have to like run a couple of screens to get your uh, your sor- your saurus back. Your, yeah. Yeah. Your little dinosaur that you rode around. 
Yep. Um, so we already talked about the day and night cycle. Um, this is kind of, uh, pegged to a kind of broader system that, you know, I think maybe a bit more of a mixed bag. Uh, the idea that everything kind of happens on a schedule um, mm-hmm. and is, you know, pinned to, to different days and you have a certain number of days to, you know, deal with threats as they as as they pop up. Um, mm-hmm. So just the idea that things are in flux, um, it does make the world feel like it is more alive. For me, it made things just a little bit more confusing, especially when, especially piled on top of uh, the navigation problems that we'll talk about. The uh, I, I find that to be true, but I also was able to circumvent both those things pretty quickly. Like that was a, that was a thing that I, I think is initially true, but I think that um, when I was experiencing that, I it was a little bit like you know, round peg square holing it a little bit hmm. um, in playing it more like a, a traditional adventure game. Like yeah. if you getting past the navigation stuff, like you have to do that once really. And then once you get past it, you more or less have it, um, which is obnoxious, you know, but once I got through it, I was kind of done with it. And then that rhythm, like if, if you wake up, you talk to your friends, you'll know when there are threats hmm. and you wake up and you talk to their friends. They're not talking about a threat. There's probably not a threat that day. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um so before I realized um that uh that there were certain days that were just going to be like down days. Mm-hmm. Um I was actually very stressed out because it felt like there was a clock ticking and I was going to screw myself by yeah. uh, by, by by not being in the right place at the right time. And um, and it doesn't communicate that stuff. Right. right. Like you know the the idea that it's actually like a much chiller game than it seems like. Yes. It would be again we talked about you spend most of your time day sleeping like <laughs> you know you it's a depression sim like in a lot of ways like <laughs> you know the uh uh so for the, for the most part like it does it doesn't it can feel like you're missing stuff but when things are bad or when things happen, they're extremely obvious. Yeah. You just don't yeah. know that. Like once you get to, you the, I think the, 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 the strongest part of this game mechanically is uh, the middle third of the game where you're dealing with the elementals. That's when mm-hmm. it's more locked in and it's kind of uh, uh, doing more to communicate to you what is expected of you. So I'm not, you know, falling into that kind of sense of anxiety of not fear of missing out, but fear of letting somebody inside this game down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, once you once you realize that's not really a thing, yeah, yeah, you know, it it, it smooths out yeah. quite a bit. But again, this is not like I even imagine for people playing at the time, like I don't know what assumptions they were going into because 1990, you know, yeah. and the fact that this is such a weird hybrid, like this doesn't really play like very many other games. Yeah, the, so I like, mean, so this is a Sierra game, so they were probably coming into this with the expectation that failure would be more rampant than it actually and it's is. Not, yeah, yeah. The thing, I mean, I don't know if there's a good uh, a good place to talk about it but this is one of the most forgiving sierra series yeah outside like, of like you uh, your gear gabriel knights and such yeah like gabriel knight this, the reason why when people talk about the, like the sierra lucas lucas arts divide like it's it's kind of a false dichotomy a little bit mm-hmm. just because there is this and and gabriel knight which are both pretty generous yeah you know and the, the ways that you will die in this game um are during like action like during combat or during action sequences but it's there's one instance where you can forget to pick up an item and get fucked over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's hard to, to miss that. And if you, uh, uh, but there's not tons of them, you know, and there's tons of times where you could give away an item you'll need later and the game stops you from doing it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fairly friendly. Right. So, yeah. So we talked about the, you know, each day having its own rhythm, uh, something that you also need to take, uh, to take into account is, uh, you know, make, you need to make sure you have your food and water on mm-hmm. point, uh, especially if you're going to be going out wandering the, wandering the city, uh, the desert south of the city rather. 
Um, <clears throat> this isn't that big of a deal. You get uh, breakfast and dinner every day at your uh, at your at your hotel, and I, like I love the descriptions of what they of what they serve. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can go buy rations if uh, if if you're going to be doing something like especially strenuous. So it's not like um, you know it's, it's not like fucking the long dark or whatever where yeah, you know, you're yeah. constantly nursing a nursing a hunger bar. What what a what a sentence! Like you're saying, like you know, if somebody didn't know the long dark was a proper noun, uh-huh. like it's not like fucking the long dark. <laughs> <laughs> like whoa, <laughs> like um, yeah, that guy over there's really fucking the long dark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And you just see like a, a shape and you can't really <laughs> make out what it's doing. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, just flicking um, in and out of existence. <laughs> the, um, one of the things I love about getting that, that free breakfast and dinner is that like, um, from the first, the first game food is, is more of a thing. Uh-huh. Like you can afford it, but you have to, you know, nobody, everyone treats you like shit cause you're not a hero. All the stuff with your, your palatial bed and getting free breakfast and stuff is to make you feel really cool for the stuff you did in the first game. Okay. And this game ends with a thing to make you feel really cool for the stuff you did in this game. Mm-hmm. Like one of the really neat things the series does is to make you feel appreciated for doing the the video game stuff. Like you don't run into um, – you know, like the thing that happens at the end of RPGs a lot where you go around the town and uh, talk to everybody and everyone's really happy that you saved the world. Like you save the city a bunch of times in this and everybody treats you really well. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Like it feels pretty cool. It's not like the kind of thing where, you know, we, we, we criticize that in games where, you know, as soon as you go in the room, everyone's like, holy shit, it's Gordon Freeman, <laughs> you know, like yeah. in Titanfall too. Yeah. When everyone's talking you up before you've done anything, mm-hmm. you know, you just exist. Right. Uh, and that, that does the thing here. Like you just, you, you keep saving the world, you know, you saved an entire country before this, this thing or a whole realm. You're coming here, you're saving the city and people don't, you know, people acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, and it feels cool, mm-hmm. you know, and doing it through a mechanical sense like that, like giving you this free room and board when that was something that you had to oftentimes pay for in the first game um, is really cool. Yeah. I think that that's a really nice touch. Yeah. I didn't have that perspective. I didn't know. what. So like you, you, <laughs> you become a hero by doing a correspondence school in the first yeah. game. Is that the, is that the case? Well, that's, yeah. That's what you do before the game starts. Oh, okay. That's what that's how you go off and, and start your your journey mm. um, in the first game. You uh, you banish Baba Yaga. You, okay. you lift a series of curses from um, a kingdom that is much more like a traditional Germanic fairy tale uh, kingdom. Right. And you you uh, it ends by uh, by banishing Baba Yaga. OK, so, um, yeah. And, and that makes you the hero of Spielberg and they, they love you and you know, they do things. And then when you come here, the people who are putting you up are people you saved. You helped out back then. Right, cat people. Yeah. Yep. Kata. Yes. Kajits. <laughs> they, do they have wares? Uh, they have many wares. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we talked about having time to fill the you know more, more, less to do than time you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't dwell a little bit on that copy protection aspect of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of seems a little bit like cutting off your nose to spite your face. So the way that they did this, um, the, the, the city is a uh, labyrinthian, you know, like there, the, there are screens, you know, traditional adventure game screens, but between those are kind of these over the shoulder, um, uh, kind of alleyway navigation, uh, areas. Uh, mm-hmm. this was made intentionally confusing, um, to keep people from pirating the game because you needed a copy of the feely map, 
uh, inside to, you know, get anywhere specifically to get to the places to change your money um, and to buy the magic map. Well, weirdly, like weirdly, you don't need it, you know, which is one of the strangest things. Like you can just make your way through the maze and find the stuff you need. Yes. It's it's one of the worst. Like, I mean, it's a really clever copy mm-hmm. protection thing, but it's, it seems very ineffective. Yeah, you given that it's ineffective because you can get past it, and it's also <laughs> frustrating because um, you have to do it for. I mean, you don't have to do it for the whole game. Like the game unlocks fast travel like fairly quickly. Yeah, through that map. Uh, yeah, through like through buying a map, which is the first thing you're going to want to do. But it's like a copy protection you have to do several times. Right. Like get, getting to the money changer is the first thing you have to do. That's kind of tricky, so you can buy the map and getting back. At that point, though, you still have to find the rest of the the points of interest in the city. Yes, you have to go there by foot first before you uh, before you uh, can, can fast travel. But can fast travel there. When I say it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face, this is a copy protection scheme that still is a real bummer and gets in the way for people who have access to the map. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still not it's not easy to navigate with the map. Right. Uh, and one of the, the the things that the VJ remake does that I really love is the simplified map function which i thought was going to be really transformative or just make it into absolute baby mode mm-hmm. but it just cuts off dead ends right uh, which the city has tons of and to the game's credit like when you're in those hallways like when you're in the maze of alleys it does give a really good sense of that being alive like there are little shops there are shopkeepers and yeah, stuff there yeah. like it feels like there could be good content in there and my understanding is there are like easter eggs Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of throughout there. I didn't see very much of them because I wanted to avoid the alleys. Right, right. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't I don't think this is purely successful, and I do think it probably puts a lot of people off. I will say that as far as giving you the feeling of being like a stranger in a strange land, mm-hmm. like being somewhere where you don't speak a language and you have a bunch of currency that's no good mm-hmm. and having to make your way through to a place in a city is a, like an anxiety uh, that I have that feels very real. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it, it accomplishes that. I just wish it didn't do that by making the, by making getting around and by making the play, uh, you know, alienating and difficult. Me, me too. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but again, like it, it goes away real quick. Yeah. Like you, you get past it. You'll, you'll be done with it the first day, you know, like you do the first day in the game, you'll spend 25 minutes, maybe 20 minutes and then you'll yeah. never have to do it again. You fast travel everywhere and it's gone. Right. So it, I don't think it's a good good system i also think that like and i understand why it would put people off and make them quit the game it's Mm -hmm. just like i wish that i knew that it went away like i didn't realize that the map did fast travel at first right i I was gonna have to like reference it yeah um so again for people who are listening who might play it like it goes away yeah i think that's one of one of two things that kind of makes quest for glory 2 stick out as like you know a bit of a down note in the series for a lot of people as they approach it um so the navigation and also the fact that this never got an official vga remake like when you download when you download the series on gog all that's there for this entry is the is the ega version uh yeah it's easy enough to get the vga one but like you know you, you might also uh be, be wary of that as a fan project right it may be incomplete it may be broken turns out it's actually really really impressive but like from you know from looking at the series at a distance to kind of seems like an odd duck yeah it's, it's got a couple a couple weird like standout things yeah. and and also in both directions too like if you like this combat if you were a teen in 1990 and liked it mm-hmm. i think this is as robust as it gets yeah i think they actually step back that complexity so right. there, there's a couple things that are specific to, to quest for glory too mm-hmm. that are that are not true uh, of the rest of them but the the navigation does suck it's an interesting idea that i think is not a great uh you know is kind of misguided 
Yeah. Like it's like one interest point, you know, uh, doesn't even fill up that need meter. Gets 75% on that need meter, but then <laughs> doesn't, you know, fills yeah. up some frustrating meters too, but luckily it's over right? pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so why is this? So the, the reason this is the reason why this is an auteur adventure game um, is because the series is the brainchild of Lori Ann and Corey Cole. Um, and they have a very distinct voice. Um, this is, you know, earlier when I was talking about how it lacks those dead man walking uh, Sierra things, this does have a lot of other things kind of in common with LucasArts yes. titles. Like this is like a hybrid between those two things. It's friendlier and it's funnier than most Sierra games at the time. Yes. Uh, accepting, you know, or it's more in line with like a, like a space quest than a King's quest, right? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a comedy game. Everything is very light, uh, light, lighthearted. I about said lightheaded and that would have been weird. Um, everything is very lighthearted. Um, it is full of referential humor. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, if they can put a joke in a place, they, they will also weirdly ribald. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is surprisingly a little bit horny. Um, and there, if you have the parser, you can do a lot of extra horny things. Yeah. So like parsers make horny things. <laughs> Pretty girls make great ears. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, it, it is kind of, uh, of, of the, of the time. Yeah with being kind of rivaled and horny um in general it is like we're doing another comedy game after this yep. and it's a little less dense uh with comedy i think than the yes. next one um but still extremely dense yeah. and also like pretty funny mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's like smile out loud stuff and there's a lot of like this character is a is a marx brother like yes. that's the joke. Like <laughs> so, so, like some Marks real Brothers? kind of Animaniacs stuff thrown in there. Animaniacs is a really good like kind of point of comparison. <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as far as that that kind of general like WB, right? Uh, you know, style uh, comedy, yeah. but it is funny, and I appreciate that like about it. Yeah, quite a bit. Like it, it, if this were played dead serious, um, I think it wouldn't work. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, it did get me to laugh out loud, particularly by, by doing stuff that was unexpected at times. Right. So oh, like, yeah. like, like the, those, those kind of general, like, oh, this is a Marx brother thing there. It's mixed in with like actual jokes or, you know, like a very clever turn of phrase, you know? Yep. And, and lots of weird fourth wall breaking yep. stuff, you know, this being a Sierra game, even though it's more forgiving than most Sierra games, you still die a lot. And the death messages are consistently funny and good yes. and meta, <laughs> um, you know, so like seeking out, you know, it has a little bit of that Shadowgate thing where it's like you try things that are going to make you die or oh, yeah. fail just to see what the game does. And you're mostly rewarded for those. Um, you, you know, you want to be riding the uh, the save button anyway. Right. Uh, in this. Uh, and, but the, uh, you know, so you, you lose nothing by just like, what if I did this like really, really mean thing here <laughs> and then watching what the game does to you. Right. It, which is extremely fun mm -hmm. um yeah the, t the tone of this i am i'm a real big fan and the first game had that as well right uh, this is a whole whole thing for the entire series and it makes me want to play the rest of the series um the next two games three and four uh also have um and each game in the series takes place in a different kind of milieu like a different setting and most of them are settings that you don't see a lot of games in right uh, the first one was that kind of like king's quest you know, Germanic fairy tale kind of thing, but this is an Arabian Nights themed game. Uh, the next, what is the third one? The third one is African themed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which you would never see. Nope. Like it, you know, games. That, and then uh, the fourth one is like Transylvania, which is extremely cool. There's a really cool Easter egg about that in this game. Hmm. Um, and the fifth one, I also can't remember. It's uh, ancient Greece. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. And the fifth one is also an action RPG. 
Mm -hmm. uh, they, they went into 3D and it, it's supposed to be pretty regrettable. So <laughs> I know people who like that one, but it's uh, it, uh, fan, a lot of the fans of the series don't. Yeah. Uh, something that is not explained um, in the game, and it's probably good that it's not explained there, but it's it bears talking about. So when we talk about that uh, that that silliness, you can enforce that. There's an option um, in all versions of the game called silly clowns. Um, mm -hmm. If you turn that on, it makes Easter eggs um, pop up more frequently. Um, and I noted this as like a kind of strange precursor to the uh, weird wasteland perk in New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting idea yeah. to be able to toggle that on, you know, and then you can also that comes up in uh, the Weed Park as well, mm -hmm. you know, as like a thing where you can just decide how how silly it's going to be. Yeah, a cool idea. Um, when we talk about uh, the game kind of having that sense of continuity, you can actually transfer your character from game to game, which is really, really neat. Like you could theoretically start your adventure in 1989 and play the same character up until 1998. When the fifth game came out, which is awesome. Like, that was a cool thing in Mass Effect. Uh, Quest for Glory did it, not first, but did it before that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it was a thing. It was more common uh, at the time in general. Yeah, like, yeah. you could do that in Ultima, and you could import your Ultima characters into Bard's Tale and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But not in adventure games. Right. You know, so the, the, the hybrid, this is a hybrid nature thing. At the time, this was kind of something you would do with RPGs. Yeah. Um, but the idea of being able to do that in a game where you solve puzzles is really unique. Um one of the things, though, is that when you create a new character for this, uh, for the second one, they assume that you had done quite a bit of grinding in the first game. Right. So uh, generally, if you played the first one and you didn't, you know, make a serious attempt to pump your stats, you're better off making a new character. Right. Uh, I imported my character and he had way worse stats than the default character. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to pretend I'm going to, I'm going to make a new character and pretend like it's the son of my first character or something. <laughs> yep. Do, do a kind of a venture brothers kind of thing. Um, yep. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, another thing with the, with that, uh, with that continuity, that's kind of specific to this game in particular is that this game introduces a bit of a morality system with your honor. Um, if you make certain choices, uh, throughout this game and you keep your honor high at the end, you can be, uh, bestowed with the title of paladin, um, mm -hmm. which op opens up a new quest for, uh, for, for the subsequent, uh, a new, a new class rather for the subsequent entries in the, in the series. I'm led to believe. I think that you can actually just – I think that was originally the idea was you'd have to play the second one uh, and become a paladin to be a paladin in the uh, the third one. Mm -hmm. But I think actually they just allow you to choose paladin okay. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, it is kind of a – and it's kind of a little toothless because there, there's quest content that's available just to them. But it's also as far as mechanically like in – at least in this game uh, or the way it works. Well, you don't – like you never get to do – like you don't become a paladin in this. It's a it's a word Until the very end. end. Yeah. Yeah, the, like the version that you would become in this, yeah. uh, that, that you take into the third game, um, is just like a hybrid class. Yeah. yeah. Like there's nothing nothing really unique to them. I believe that they introduce more unique features later mm -hmm. in the series, but the version that is the reward in this game that you would take into the third game is basically just a hybrid class. Um, you know, apparently my understanding, if, you're, if I'm reading it, is that if you're a fighter or thief, there's really no reason not to do it. If you're a magic user, you probably don't need to. Right. Um, so, um, the Cools uh, recently kickstarted a spiritual successor to this game, uh, the Quest for Glory series called Hero You, mm -hmm. uh, and I've not heard very much about it. Neither have I. Uh, the only context that I've heard about it, it's become kind of a meme or just a thing that people watch. Uh, Kickstarter does not have any moderation features for their community, and there is one guy who has written hundreds and hundreds of pages 
of stuff on their on on their site just about things and whatever and calling the coles hypocrites and stuff like it's a real nightmare situation huh. where they have attracted go, go and look it up it's actually it's really upsetting um okay. and there's just nothing anybody can do about it that's funny <laughs> he's just boy he's just hijacked it and uses it to write screeds the uh nothing should exist without moderation i know right <laughs> yeah nothing online you know should exist like come on <laughs> It, it's so people still argue for that and just like hey, you get stuff like this the poor coles because they yeah. seem like really nice people like oh, i yeah. i like them as characters i do not want them to to have this happen to them yeah they they made um, this light-hearted gentle thing and like my understanding is uh hero you is pretty good and in line with a lot of this like they made it for their fans and they just drew a really really low card with this one particular guy mm -hmm. that sucks yeah um i um yeah, it's a so there was that, that that spiritual successor. Like I'm interested for sure in checking out here are you um, one thing, you know, one of you and I's like favorite games from last year. Like this is a, a stated and very obvious big influence on West of Loathing. Yes, um, a game that made by friends of ours, but that we both really loved respectively um, and makes tons of sense because West of Loathing is pretty much an RPG adventure hybrid as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, that 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 is good. And the next game, the next comedy game we're doing, apparently was not, even though it, uh, it shares a lot of the same ethic too. Yeah, so it's not is... not so much mechanically, but like sense of humor wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been harping on Rift to play Callahan's uh, pretty much since I started playing it, mm -hmm. um, and I've got him to put it on the Let's Play docket. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's down the road like a game. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I I don't know if that's acceptable. So I I think that I'm going to uh, you know bring the thumb thumb screws to game night next week or whatever. <laughs> so I can get it bumped up in the position, or or at least you know, or maybe get the the rest of the guys to do it for assignment or something. Mm, yeah, you know, no, like at least try it and check out the sense of humor. Cause... Send them the uh, the files and the instructions that I sent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's you have to run it through DOSBox. Yeah, so. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's get into it a little bit about, you know, I mentioned did most of the preamble stuff for Quest for Glory one um, in the, uh, the the first thing. But essentially, the essential information is that uh, it's, it's simpler. Um, timing matters less. And uh, it's much more like you get a series of quests in the beginning and you can do them in any order and you go do them. You know, um, you have like yeah. your three big quests or three or four big quests you have to do. And in the interim, you do side quests and to get money and fuel doing those main quests. Um, it's in a much more standard kind of fairy tale setting. Um, it is still also uh, very funny. Mm -hmm. And the VGA port of it's very beautiful. Like it made me wish that there was a VGA port of, uh, of Quest for Glory 2, you know, done in that same kind of level of fidelity. Right. You know, uh, the the new one, the, the AGD uh, version of it is really, really cool looking, but it's also you know pretty pretty uh pretty fancy looking yeah um there's something about just like a like an old ega or vga computer game that's like very comforting to me aesthetically oh yeah um so but yeah it's uh it's it's very good um very good very fun you become the hero of spielberg by helping the baron and helping his family and uncursing them yeah and uh the way that relates to this specifically is there are some bandits that uh stole money from a traveling cat merchant uh, and your your buddy there, who is uh, Abdullah, um, 
and you take out those merchants and get them their stuff back or take out those uh those bandits and get the <laughs> merchants their stuff back yeah if you you kill the merchants uh, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then bury them with their things yeah and bury them with their things they resurrect as skeletons um <laughs> this game takes you straight to Madravia. um but no you uh you help out the merchants and that is why they give you an all expenses paid trip to to to, to Shapir. yeah to Shapir. Yeah, and that's that's where this opens. Uh, with this intro, we have this uh, Jin looking over a mountain, and we're riding a magic carpet across the credits, and it sets the tone right away as the carpet flies into space and is knocked back to Earth by the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, yep, pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, um, and you just land in the middle of a bazaar, um, and uh, the cat person you're with, the cat, your cat friend. Uh, helps you changes your outfit to be something more appropriate. I, my understanding is this happens in every game, which I think is also really cute mm-hmm. um, to kind of set the theming and give you that kind of uh, stranger in a strange land feeling. Yeah. There. Um, and you're kind of introduced uh, with day one. Um, the game starts with you sitting on a pillow uh, in this inn that's going to be your home base, talking to your friend Abdullah. Yes. And uh, you get your first kind of hints about what's going to be the macro quest here. Um, Abdullah tells you his friend, Aris Alden, uh, has gone missing. Right. Uh, uh, he is the uh, Rasir uh, Sultan. Yeah, he is. He is, he is the, the emir of kind of this uh, twin city or the city that is a mirror of Shapir. Um, yes. And this isn't going to uh, come up in any major way until, you know, a lot further down the line. Um, you know, as you as you kind of, um, you know, busy yourself with getting acquainted, like the first three days or so are just about learning the city. Um, and getting set up so you can uh, approach these elementals when they start showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always an undercurrent, though. Like, one of the things you can ask everyone about is are rumors. Yes. And everyone's talking about Rasir. Yeah. Like, that is that is the name on the tip of everyone's tongue. Everyone is just kind of saying, uh, you know, it's a bad scene over there. Uh, I, I heard that they outlawed talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you know, like, ever there are rumors flying. Yeah, yeah. About this place. Yeah, the, the, the overall tone of it is, like, you know, the, the emir has gone missing, his brother has taken over, um, and they are kind of falling into this uh, kind of morass of, um, oh my gosh, this morass of uh, arbitrary laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so your first, your first, you know, you go out into the, uh, the this, uh, this lobby uh, lobby's not the plaza. Um, <laughs> the, the, the lobby of the street. Um, you go out into this plaza, um, and this this uh, harker, this merchant who sells maps and souvenirs and stuff, is going to start kind of haranguing you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is based on one of the lesser Marx brothers. <laughs> yeah, he's based on yeah. Chico Marx. He's yeah, Ali who Chica. nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah, Ali, the uh, like down, like you know, a quick ranking of the Marx brothers. <laughs> you got Groucho, and then you just got like miscellaneous you know mixed grill <laughs> you know i just you know i don't i don't care about any of them that aren't groucho um the uh but he he starts and uh you try you can try to spend your money um you have the money you got as a reward uh for the first game specifically like every all the sums are actually accounted for for the various things you did as part of the end game uh and if you imported your character that's one reason to import your character is that you uh you can have actually way more money to start this game, which is kind of neat that they leave the balance there, but he won't, your, you know, your money's no good here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells you how to get to the money changer with kind of intentionally obtuse directions. Right. Um, and this is when you want to get out that copy protection map and make your way there. <laughs> My, uh, so, 
Or you go on GameFAQs and you look up a computer-generated version of the map because the one that came with it has this very cramped writing on it. Yeah. Um, and, like, the, the, the GOG uh, the GOG version is hyper-compressed. I could not actually uh, see anything that they wrote on that. Yeah. So that me, is me my pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's excruciating. Like, And, again, you only have to do it once, but it's not good. Right. Um, this is this is actually a great game to play on, on a modern PC with two monitors and just have the map up. Yes. In the other window all the time. Yeah. Um, um, so the, you make your way to the, uh, the money changer. Yeah. The money changer ends up being a very um, um, kind of important person for the thieves. Like you can make your thief sign at, uh, at her. her name is Dinarzad. Um, the thief sign is that thing where you uh, hold your hand up, put your thumb on your nose and wiggle your fingers while also rubbing mm-hmm. your tummy. Uh, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And she says, Oh, um, you, you know, I, I will have a, uh, I will have a job for you. Uh, tomorrow night and this gets in the horniness she says bring the proper tool and some oil to make the insertion easier so she's, she's extremely horny yeah. like as as a mage you only have to talk to her once like you never she's never in any quest you just go and exchange your money and never see her again right it's just it's just a horny interlude <laughs> uh, she, in, interlude just, parentheses horny horny edition um she just you know just makes a bunch of innuendo at you and then you you never talk to her again right so i understand that she's very important to the thief playthrough uh but she is not uh to the other two characters right um yeah so you can go and get the map and compass uh from ali chica i love the description of him again cementing that uh marsh with this thing he looks like he could play the piano but strangely Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the map is the thing that lets you do fast travel. The compass is useful, especially when you are in the, uh, the, the, the alleyways, uh, because the camera is not always like oriented to the point where up is North. Uh, it was switches to behind the character. Yes. Yeah. Like, so um, it's always uh, ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, similar things with the, uh, uh, with the desert as well. The camera will yep. change orientations. So the, yep. the, the compass is worth having. Yep. Um, you can also, it's worth noting that from Ali Chica, you can buy a bunch of souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Um, these will decorate, you can put these in your uh, chest. And I didn't realize this until after the game, I read about this. So if I have something wrong, forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, cause I, I didn't buy them cause I didn't think I'd need them, but uh, apparently they can decorate your room. Oh, which is like really cute. And maybe one of the very like first or early examples of that kind of trope. Yeah. Yeah. The alpha protocol, uh bottle of detergent thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that's really great. Yeah. The, um, so you can kind of you can go uh, head to the second plaza, the kind of uh, magic and apothecary. Yeah, the fountain uh, plaza, plaza where you can also fill up your uh, your your water skins mm-hmm. um, while, while you're out there. As a thief, I thought it was important to buy some oil from the apothecary. Uh, he's kind of this absent-minded guy uh, who will sell you your potions and such. Um, and then but it's can... uh, specifically their pills. Yeah, which is which plays into an interesting mechanical thing in this game is that. Um, your healing items in the sense of their pills, they require water uh, for them. So you can't just kind of uh, economically overpower any of the the limits. You, right. know, you can't just uh, have enough money to buy a nigh unlimited amount of stamina pills because every time you take one, you have to drink some water and your water is limited. Yes. So you can, you can buy more water skins. You can increase that water count, but mm-hmm. you also have a weight limit. Uh, essentially, so by tying uh, your healing, uh, your magic refills, and your stamina refills to your uh, consumable like that, they kind of cleverly stop you from abusing it. Yeah, yeah, so. that, that that is pretty neat. Um, I also like yeah. that character too. Uh, like he, he, he will never like you walk up to him and you know you'll say like I want to buy such and such. He won't hear you. You actually have to introduce yourself to him again mm-hmm. to make him look up from his work. Uh, the other character who you probably ended up dealing with Ooh. quite a bit, uh, keep on yeah. laughing. 
I have a real problem with keep on laughing, man. <laughs> I, uh, I think keep on laughing is extremely obnoxious. And when he's the first character who's magic aligned, like he's in the magic shop. Yeah. Um, he kind of, he, he keeps doing like, is like, he's like sixties jive rhymes yeah. at you. That kind of thing that you see 60s trope characters do where they, they just call you things that aren't your name. <laughs> like they're, you know, like what's the plan, Stan? Yeah. What's the hurry, Murray? And I'm like, my name is Gary. <laughs> I, I don't know who Stan and Murray are, but you have to stop. Like, <laughs> need you to stop you know yeah, I, need, I need you to stop so i don't have to stop you yeah like keep on laughing is extra to the point of madness <laughs> and I, I have a really hard time with them and I, when i got there i was like oh no uh, because there's a the character uh, erasmus who is the uh the elminster figure in this series who you uh is kind of your your master the guy who teaches you magic stuff in the first game um is also very funny Mm -hmm. uh, and, and silly and he's great. And you deal with him in this game as well during the magic side quests, which we'll talk about. Um, and he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, they lowered the tone a lot. If this is my guy. <laughs> uh, and luckily Erasmus is still in this game and there's another magic character who you talk to who is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but keep on laughing is, uh, extremely hard to tolerate. I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, he, so the, the magic shop is basically a joke shop. Uh, it's pretty dense with things you can look at, but he seemed like somebody who would run a prank shop. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is the thing that you can't, um, it's like, it just looks like a sprite. Like it's really difficult to see what it is. Mm -hmm. And the name of it is question marks. And the description is question marks <laughs> uh, in there, which is very cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there was one thing also though. It's like a, like a, a statue uh, or an idol of Cthulhu. Yeah, 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 and it says don't ask or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, when you, it's when better you, not to know. Um, the uh, so the the way that you're gonna interface with this guy as a magician is uh, you'll start with several spells, um, but you'll need to eventually buy the rest of them mm -hmm. uh, from him because the way that ma the magic user playthrough works in these uh, at least the first two games is an interesting form of like an adventure game where you have the set tools initially, um, and you just have to figure out how to use them. Hmm. Like for most puzzles, you have to use your spells. You have your ten different spells. And instead of getting like inventory items to solve these things, you just figure out which spell to use. Right. Um, this climaxes in the the wit side quest, which we'll, we'll talk about probably during day two. Mm -hmm. um, I think I actually did it during day one, but um, we'll talk about it during day two. And the um, which is kind of this like test of doing that, like to get a spell that you end up needing for the end of the game. Oh, nice. So yeah, the magic side quest is really good in this uh, in this entry. Hmm. So yeah. Um, so for, for me, like he, the keep on laughing, um, is a, a bit of a hub for some side quests kind of stuff, but also he, uh, uh, gives you directions to a very important person. And also you end up buying, uh, your magic ropes from him, magic ropes. Like, you know, you lay them in a coil on the floor and they kind of just extend upward supported by nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, there's a spell equivalent to that, which is a uh, levitate. Yeah. Uh, which you end up using for similar purposes. And I imagine you can probably use climb. For most of those purposes as well. Um, basically, you want to buy keep on laughing out. Uh, you, you know, as a as a uh, you want to like so you can bulldoze his store and, <laughs> In front of uh, and build a better one. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, you know you definitely want to buy all his spells. You can buy an Easter egg item here. The uh, the X ray specs, mm -hmm. which you can use for a pervy Easter egg later mm -hmm. in the game. Because again, this game is uncommonly horny for nineteen ninety. <laughs> So, <laughs> wait a minute. My Altoids, my Altoids tin says uncommonly horny instead of curiously strong. <laughs> throw, throw them away quick. <laughs> yeah, it's just the green Altoids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, anywho, 
uh, keep on laughing should have been drawn at birth. Um, you can also check out the the Fighters Square, which has the uh, the Guild Hall, the Adventurers Guild and, Hall, yeah, yeah, the Adventurers Guild Hall, which is a big part of uh, all these games. And there's a really cute, you know, you get points in this. It's of that era of adventure games, yeah, where you have a, a adventure puzzle points is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And going in and signing your name in the registry to be an official hero always gives you points, which I think is very cute. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Guild Hall is presided over by Uhura. Um, who is a person from the Africa equivalent equivalent land. Um, she is a badass because she uh, you know, trains you how to fight, but also she uh, does so while carrying and caring for her son, Simba. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, yep. she'll, her, like, put, like, she'll put down her baby and kick your ass. It's great. Yeah. Yep. Her, her tiny infant. Did you, um, did you try talking to Simba? Uh, no. It's pretty good. Like, most times Simba just says like Gugu and Gaga. Mm-hmm. And then one time Simba's like, uh, the most uh poltergeist are or what are the ref- when people refer to uh non specific ectoplasmic activity that levitates small objects or something like that, and it's in a different <laughs> font. And then when you talk to him again, it's just Gugu and Gaga. It's like the only time it comes up this weird like demon voiced definition of <laughs> and I, I haven't played the third one, but I wonder if that you know, if this gets followed up on, I wonder if oh, someone's nice. in it. Oh yeah. I, I would, I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, or her will give you the combat tutorial right. for this. And she's also the person who will train with you mm-hmm. uh, every day. There's also the, uh, the lion centaur who's outside of this, who ends up being kind of important. Yeah. I forgot his name. I'm sure it's in the notes somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, he's great. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really striking. This like just gigantic uh, sphinx. Yeah, he's got a he's got a like every kind of uh, centaur kind of person. He's got a real case a real bad case a long torso. He's got some gora, oh, gora sure. torso going on. Yeah. <laughs> um. He uh he was injured, so he's like mm-hmm. a retired adventurer. Yeah. Uh, he's, he fought a demon. Yeah, and he's somebody who has uh who, who's kind of the gatekeeper for paladinism as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. occasionally outside the, uh, the adventurers guild, uh, there's going to be this, uh, guy who is testing people's agility. Uh, he sets mm. up kind of a, uh, a balance beam kind of thing, like two ropes between two platforms. Um, and, uh, you can pay five, five dinar, five of the big currency, uh, to get up there and, uh, uh make a run at it. This is incredibly frustrating and it actually led to me needing to YouTube the ending of this game. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, um, you know, it gives you an explanation <laughs> to test your balance. Um, you have to, like, either mash on the buttons or hold them, but also um, manage whether you are leaning left or right. And I got my agility maxed out. It didn't make it any easier. I would always fall, like, a couple of pixels from the uh, from the platform. Mm. Um, and <laughs> the end game for the thief requires you to do that under duress. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't actually know. I knew a little bit about what you do in the end game as the thief. Yeah. But I think this guy only shows up if you're a thief. Okay. Um, I don't remember running into him, and if I did, he might have like you know faded into the background, but I don't remember seeing him. Yeah. But it was just um, another here. another of those problems where it was instant failure with no feedback. Yeah. Um, I that's tried. A, I tried every every speed of mash, every duration of hold, nothing. So. Mm. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, you can also hear there's also a fighters guild, um, in this, in this zone. Is that in the square? Um, I think it's it, in the square. Um, I'm, maybe, or it's nearby. Uh, yeah, the, I didn't, yeah I didn't, the, we didn't do it. Yeah. The EOW, yeah. like the eternal order of warriors or yeah. the, oh no, EOF. Uh, the joke is that it's end of file, but eternal order of fighters. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's where you get your, uh, your fighter side quests here in this square over by the guild. That's where the, uh, uh, the blacksmith is like, that's where oh, you either yeah. buy new weapons or as a, as a thief, you end up buying new daggers from that guy. Yeah. And arm wrestling him. Hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the funniest thing I didn't, again, I don't know very much about the fighter playthrough of this. Um, I meant to watch a let's play of, of the both playthroughs I didn't do. And I just ran out of time. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, one of the jokes is that when you go into the, the EOF, um, I think somebody says something about how they form that because they were jealous of the thieves guild and mages guild. <laughs> like they're just like sick of being default and they wanted a clubhouse, which I think is cute. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the other major point of interest for right now is, uh, the astrologer over to the South of the, uh, the palace, the palace you can't really get into. Um, the astrologer will give you kind of like oblique hints. Um, and also kind of keep you reminded of what's going on with the, uh, uh what's going on over in uh Resier. yeah yep and weirdly this that's the fourth square there's also a palace square that you almost never interface with right like uh i, I kept thinking like i was going to do things there mm -hmm. and you really don't um so once you've actually hit all the locations again you can fast travel to those different squares you can get almost anywhere you need to get from those squares mm -hmm. um so uh moving on to day two you go home and go to sleep like there wasn't really a threat it didn't really tell you what to do Again, trying to give you this kind of hangout vibe. Yeah, just getting your um, bearings like you would in yep. a new city. Yep, you get a couple days to do that. Um, so on day two, uh, you can return to the astrologer. Uh, he tells you you'll go to a tomb. You'll walk in fire, earth, water, air, temptation, and desolation. Darkness will triumph unless you stop the last light. Yeah, which is a hint for the very last puzzles of the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. that might actually be different depending on class as well. Hmm. Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can keep going back to him. Uh, it's always, you know, he says like, Hey, I will have a, uh, I will have a uh, fortune for you the next day. Um, another thing you can do is like, you can, uh, find Aziza. Uh, you get some clues from different people. Uh, I got mine from keep on laughing about how to find this, uh, kind of enchantress woman. Um, mm -hmm. and you get to the door and there are some real fun, uh, kind of riddles. Like she asks about elements. She asks, um, uh, kind of, kind of a puzzle. She asks you to type her name based on a couple of clues about the alphabet. Like, you know, the, 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 uh, the first is first, the second is last, um, kind of spell, yeah. spelling out what her, uh, what the letters of her names are. Yeah. The, the, th the third is you, mm -hmm. you know, which would be I like you have to, you have to realize she's talking about the alphabet. Yeah uh there which is pretty fun um the uh and then generally i like aziza a lot like she ends up being not uh i was expecting to do more quest content with her mm -hmm. she's really just there uh you know for the main quest to fight these elementals but also to give you information on them yes like the, she became part of my rhythm like oh there's a thing attacking the city let's go check in with aziza because she's smart yeah let's learn uh, she's also uh really prim <laughs> um and very polite I like so like there's a, a bit. you know when you come in to her place she's like shall we have some tea um, and if you try to start having business, she'd like, I asked you a question. Right. Uh, and in the magic user, this is the first time you have to, uh, so if you use your, your talk icon on yourself, it allows you to, to say things other than questions, mm -hmm. um, it allows you to respond. And this is the first time you had to do this. And I had to look up a walkthrough Oh yeah. Uh, for that. I did not realize I could. Yeah. Uh, cause that's, it's pretty, pretty non-intuitive. Yeah. Like yeah, that, like did. that is specifically replacing the idea of a parser where you could just say yes, no, thank you. Um, exactly. things like that. Uh, it's a bigger deal for the thief, uh, cause that's how you make the thief sign. So I had to look up specifically a YouTube video <laughs> of the money changer because you have to make the, you know, in order to get the thief quest, you have to make the, the sign in front of her. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a little bit of an unintuitive piece of interface for the, for yeah. the non-parser, uh, non-parser interface. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Aziza ends up being your source of information. She's a magician who deals primarily with water magic. Um, and that ends up being just a little bit important as we start dealing with these elementals. Uh, you just want to make sure to be polite with her so you don't get kicked out or stonewalled. And several people in the city are affiliated with different elements. Mm-hmm. So the alchemist is uh, affiliated with fire, and he tells you as such. That's what his name means. Yeah. Uh, Kiban is affiliated with air. Yeah. Uh, she's affiliated with water. I forget who um, is affiliated with earth. Me too. Yeah. Um, it, maybe it's um. It might be the lion tar. Mm, okay. Guy. Um. But yeah, I, I can't remember exactly either. Um. So this is you know you kind of learned a little bit in the city. You can head outside if you want. Yeah. Uh. At this point, and the second day uh, is when Groucho marks. Uh, shows up outside the gates. Yes. The uh the the dealer, the Saurus dealer, Ali T. Fakir. Fakir? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and this is pretty fun. Um <laughs> because he's just he's just giving you the hard sell. Um and it messes with your interface. <laughs> like if you say, you know, he's like, Do you do you want to buy this? The only way to get out of this conversation if you don't have enough money is to say yes and then try to pay and not have enough money. <laughs> because if you say no, he keeps saying like no, well if you're in the no, you want you'll want a source. Like he just keeps pressuring in in different ways uh that is pretty fun yeah um, um i couldn't funny. find a way to do this with a non-parser interface um but like the trick is he starts out by like charging you basically all of the money you have access to you can haggle him down to just buying this dinosaur from him for one dollar yeah yeah if you keep if you keep bargaining him down yeah uh, you have to hit bargain or type bargain in the uh the interface yeah um which is the main thing your communication skill does uh, we mentioned that earlier yeah um is you know allows you to bargain when you buy things from this you get this little bargaining interface because that is part of the culture mm-hmm. here you're expected to pay about 90 percent of what they want right um you know you can get that down which is pretty fun like i think it's a cool little touch yeah um yeah, the uh, we also didn't. I mean, I just want to mention this is a cool trivia thing. When you do the money changer, I don't know if, if you picked up on this because I didn't pick up on it at the time. I just read about it later. If you you get a more favorable exchange rate if you exchange smaller amounts of money. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. I just I, like I said, I learned about it later. But if you give them uh, about twenty five uh, gold at a time, they'll take ten percent versus the like twenty or twenty five percent they take if you do a lump sum. Huh. I you had know. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, kind of just a neat little touch. Like, that feels weirdly real-worldy. Yeah. Like, I wish there was some signaling for it. Like, mm-hmm. there should have been a sign Yeah, that said the exchange rates or something like that. You might be able to ask her about it with the parser. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure, but Possibly, um, yeah. I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah. Uh, although, that that's kind of counterintuitive. Wouldn't you think that there would be – um, that, that the take would go down as a, uh, like with a bulk discount? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, they would they would just need to say it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um uh, at, at the time to like, they, they could have been, it could be opposite here for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, like, you know, first time exchange bonus or something like that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so basically you can bargain him down. Like he's a fun character and mm-hmm. you get your Saurus. Um, the thing that you want a Saurus for is it allows you to move quicker in the desert. Um, but the biggest thing is it allows you to fast travel back to town. Yes. If you talk to your Saurus, he'll take you back to town immediately because the desert is huge. It's very, very big. Uh, and it's yeah. pulled kind of straight out of the King's Quest idea of like, here is a big random grid of spaces. Yeah. And it's mostly empty. Yeah. Um, again, that's a, that's a weird inversion in this game versus the second one. This is very city focused. Mm-hmm. In the first one, you had a very small town and a lot of forest and wilderness to explore with a lot of points of interest in it. Here, uh, you know, you have a very big city to explore, but outside is there's just a few different things yeah. that, that are interesting. Um, you can do some side quests here. Uh, one of the side quests that you find in the the message board in the guild hall is that um, 
keep on laughing needs a bit of whirl from a dervish. Um, this is when I went and found a dervish who is a hermit who lives uh, by, a, by an oasis. And you yeah. can take uh, his beard is wrapped around a tree. <laughs> he has grown into it symbiotically. Yes, he, he is now more tree than man. <laughs> and uh, you can just pull off a bit of his beard. Mm -hmm. And that's considered the whirl of the whirling dervish. Yes. Uh, is that his tree, uh, his beard whirls. <laughs> and I was pretty hard up for money at this point because I I had the bad exchange rate and I bought all my spells. Yeah. And this is where I ran into my very frustrating night of trying to do the combat because in the first game, that is a way to make money. Right. Uh, in addition to to the skills, uh, pumping your skills. So I ended up going through the desert and just being jumped by bandits and dying and dying and dying and dying and dying yeah. and dying. Yeah. So dying quite a bit. Um, yeah. I ended up running more than I ended up fighting, especially like if you were fighting a scorpion, there was almost nothing to be gained from it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's a, there's a poison system in this game. Like you can get poisoned and you can fight scorpions and heal your poison and stuff. And I just don't know why you'd fight a scorpion unless you were a fighter because that's how you get puzzle points. Right. Is by fighting the, the, you know, trying to collect them all and fighting all the monsters. And they're really intense monsters, mm. um, ranging from just the regular bandits through scorpions and through like Saurus Rexes and then the dreaded pizza elemental. <laughs> um, and you want to kill all those as the fighter. Right. But I'm, again, I'm really glad I didn't play as a fighter. Yeah. Because that sounds like hell. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to play uh, a character who uh, primarily depends on the worst system in a game. Um, yeah, so let's talk about our side quests because, you know, in this early going, there are some things you can do. Uh, I'll talk about the job that I did as a thief for Dinarzad. Uh, mm -hmm. So you go back at her, go back to her and you know and speak. She gives you directions. There's a, a metal worker who has a silver tea set that she wants. She says, uh, "Just take whatever, take whatever else you want, uh, whatever else you want, uh, you know, as part of your payment in addition to whatever, whatever you sell the the the, the set to me for." Um, so you wait until midnight. It has to be precisely midnight, or else you're gonna uh, walk right into a full house. Um, <laughs> And all of this kind of works down to your sneaking. So you want to have your stealth up. You can train your stealth by uh, walking around uh, in a crouch. Like there actually is a sneak verb that you can do uh, that makes you move move around. Uh, if you're not sneaking, uh, when you move, every time you step, there will be a, a, a floorboard creak. And the dad calls out and asks if it's one of his sons. Um, and you know, he, hears, he hears nothing. If, if he hears that enough, he will you know come out and see you. The, mm -hmm. the problem is he's expecting all of those sons um, and they're going to walk in on you. <laughs> so uh, what you end up having to do, um, you know, the, the, the T set is right there. But if you want any kind of reward for this, you know, again, because money, money is scarce in the early game, you need to oil the hinges on this wardrobe. Um, and the wardrobe has uh, kind of a special item inside of it for you to take and sell. Um, if you don't oil the hinges, it will make a loud screech when you open the door. Um, and, and call down attention. This, this wardrobe becomes a hiding space. Um, and more and more sons just keep rolling in kind of on a timer. So you have enough, enough time. <laughs> like an hourglass, but with sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like sands through the hourglass. So the sons from my loins. <laughs> just so many sons. Too many cooks. <laughs> 
um, but yeah, like they, they come in. So like you'll, you'll hear a ruckus outside the door and you have just enough time to like reset everything that you've done in the room and get into the wardrobe before they come in. Uh, interestingly, they've got a, uh, they, they give you a freebie because the first son who comes in is blind drunk. Like he is, too okay. dr- he is too drunk to recognize, uh, <laughs> that somebody is there who doesn't belong. Uh, but the other sons, you're not so lucky. But yeah, like the you know, it, it's especially valuable. Uh, you want to lift up the rug and open up a trap door and find a chest uh, that has something in it, but also has a false bottom. Um, and mm. this is a bunch of step, and every few steps, you end up having to reset everything and get back into your uh, get back into your wardrobe. And then it's exactly like out. that. Uh, that Resident Evil Seven, yeah, escape room bonus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's really cool. <laughs> it's yeah. it's very very interesting so yeah like you end this you know rich in items and then you can sell you can sell all of that for enough money to you know get you set basically for the rest of the game that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah the um yeah i don't um you know i i looked at a little bit of that stuff online uh <laughs> but did not did not do any of it yeah and i, I ended up being kind of economically uh hard up yeah. during this game so like the the wizard side quest stuff does not give you money Okay. Um, you, you get a spell that you need for the end of the game and it's really fun, you know, which is ultimately like, you know, that that's cool. Uh, but it ended up being not as lucrative. So that's pretty neat. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, the main thing for when you, as a wizard, if you ask about it around town, you learn about, uh, wit, uh, which is the wizards Institute of technocracy, technocracy technosery technocracy <laughs> Te- technosery you know like yeah it's like, it's like techno sorcery essentially it's for, like a, you know. a, a, mit but for mages yes exactly um and you find out about that um so you need to find it um finding it is kind of a pain in the dick uh because you check in with with keep on laughing and aziza and they both just say you'll need magic to find it mm. um one of the spells that you have and you'll you'll start with it regardless is uh, detect magic um which generally will show you if you're on a screen if something is magical um here however though it leads you to a to an alley that has the the wit entrance in it so it kind of works in a way that it hasn't worked up until this point which is a little bit like annoying um i it wasn't intuitive to me to use it i ended up using it just because i used all my spells right right. you know thinking like at first i was thinking because you have an open door spell which is how you get get uh past locks in uh, as a wizard and i was expecting i was like oh maybe it's just everywhere and if i hit open you know it will just open a floor and you know door in the ground or something like that and that's how they just you know make sure mages can get in um but no you have to actually find a specific alley uh to get in there um you get into it and you go into this like gigantic hall full of portraits of wizards and uh, the council uh, of like glowing faces says that you need a sponsor and um, you're asked to, uh, prov- you know, name your sponsor. And uh, there's a couple of cool things here. Like one, um, you know, so Rasmus, who was your guy in the last game, um, he is an old wizard with a talking rat familiar mm-hmm. who is real goofy. And they all they do is take each other down, like make puns. And uh, he just threatens to kill the rat. <laughs> a bunch and they're, they're really really fun characters good joke um yeah it's, it's really it's really good killing your friend the uh the joke it, it's uh it's it's very charming mm-hmm. like rasmus is great um they're there but there are a bunch of people you don't know um some people you've seen alluded to but you don't actually uh you don't actually know um there's a I think the name it's like esma's uh piece there's like a glade 
in the uh, first game where you can rest safely, which is a big deal. And is the reason why monsters don't go into town is she created like a barrier. Oh, yeah. And this she, like a, it's a recurring like legendary mage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ar- 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 Arana. Yeah. Uh, Arana's there. So it's really neat. Like you can, you know, share her portraits there. Aziza's there who you've just met. Um, and then there's uh, Merlin and Houdini. Uh, who's there <laughs> who's really cute um uh and at first i was like okay i'll choose aziza because i just met her but she says she doesn't know you well enough mm-hmm. um there's an amazing easter egg here where if you type in um the, one of the paintings is just all black and if you choose like the dark master um they say like oh you know oh you're one of those like are you sure like we don't you know and you're like yes i've made my choice um it trans that's the villain of the fourth game and it transports you to the the fourth game what a screen from the fourth game <laughs> um, where you get teleported to Mordavia and uh, in Mordavia um, you end up being teleported into like a graveyard where zombies are coming out. So you die pretty quickly, <laughs> but it's like such an awesome little bit of foreshadowing. Oh yeah. Like, it's like super, super cool Easter egg. Um, <laughs> but you have to choose uh, Erasmus. Um, Erasmus uh, will, will goof around with his rat and he'll accept you as his, uh, his apprentice. Um, you do an entrance exam which is a little puzzle uh, where you have three uh, three bells and a pole, and you have to put the put a bell on the the correct bell on the pole and ring it, uh, just using magic like your feet are in place. So you have a magic spell called fetch, which is kind of a telekinesis. Um, you have a spell called trigger, um, which will trigger magical effects, mm-hmm. um, and you have a force bolt spell, which just taps things right. essentially. So you have to use a combination of those to ring the correct bell, um, and then you get to the actual test, which is awesome. Um, you are walking in this like void on this kind of rainbow road okay. in the middle of nowhere. And you are presented with, uh, different elemental, uh, kind of puzzles in turn. Um, so, uh, there will be a, this, uh, spinning staff in front of you, this kind of tornado, um, or the staff that's creating a tornado around. So you have to, uh, fetch it to get it out of your way. But if you just stand there, like it will knock you off the path. So you have to fetch it. And then cast levitate to get above it, um, you know, and stay up in the air until it passes and then come down. Um, the next one is the earth wizard who creates this large stone wall um, ahead on you. Uh, you can detect magic and find out that it's actually a golem. Like if you just try to climb it, it will kill you. Hmm. So you you trigger it. It turns into an earth golem. Um, you have to calm it down so it falls asleep and then climb over it like a mountain. Um so it will wake up again. You have to cast Calm again nice. to, uh, to, to slow it down. Um, there's a Water Wizard who gives you a big block of ice, which you have to shoot a flame dart at, and then uh, which causes a crack and then pound on the crack um, for it to actually uh, fall apart. And then finally, the Fire Wizard, which is the most clever puzzle of the bunch. Um, and it get, puts you in a backdraft situation. Um, <laughs> there's like a door with a fire. Famously. Okay. Yeah. The, the famous backdraft situation. Um, so you, you open the door from a distance, you know, cause you don't want to touch it cause you'll burn. Um, you calm the fire down and it shows that there's actually a pit, uh, under the fire, hmm. which is, which is the trick. Uh, so then you have to use fetch to close the door and then push the top of the door down to make it into a bridge. Um, which is extremely like, I would just, you know, had that, that good that good adventure game feeling of feeling like a genius. Oh yeah, when you figure something out, um, how to do something. So that's how you get past it. And those are the the uh, the things you have to do to beat wit. So you become a wizard. You're no longer a magic user. Um, another really clever touch is you get to the end, and they say like, congratulations, like you're going to join the Wizards Institute of Technocracy. Um, 
you know, you're going to spend the rest of your days uh, studying the deeper arts and learning the mysteries of the universe. Long ago, you know, you'll leave all of your friends behind. The needs of heroes are, are far behind you. Mm-hmm. And really giving you the hard sell essentially about entering this life of academia. Right. And then you're given a choice. Um, you can say yes or no. Um, the correct answer, of course, is say no. And then they give you uh, the spell reversal, uh, which you need uh, that reflects things back at the, the caster. You need that for the ending. Right. If you say yes, you get a non-standard game over where <laughs> they explain uh, that they, they you describe like your years at college and stuff that you spent. <laughs> and there's this great little bit where it's like after 15 years of study, you decide to go back and check in on your friends at Shapir. But um, the, the city is just a wasteland. Weirdly enough, it's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, and like the, even the tone of it makes you feel like or like describes you as being kind of aloof about it. Like, huh, oh, that was weird. You yeah. know, oh, they, they all died. Huh. And they all died because you weren't there to save them. Right. Of course. Because yeah, everybody's you counting to to on you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the moral is don't go to college. Um, your friends need you. Need you here. Don't it, go to school. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, it's awesome. Like the, the, the wit, the wit sequence in this game is my favorite sequence in the game. That sounds really cool. Um, yeah. It's, it's like the only unique magic content up until the end. Right. Um, like you solve puzzles differently, but this is the only there, there aren't like magician side quests yeah. on the way. It's just this is the one, but it's awesome. Well, I mean, them making it so you can do that really early on and kind of giving you a very concentrated obstacle course for that makes it sound like it's intended to, you know, kind of give you a structured way to think about how to solve puzzles with magic. You know, when you're yeah, just kind yeah, of yeah. like out, you know, free roaming throughout the world before you end up getting like fire elementals and stuff coming at you. Exactly. Yeah. It does give you some practice with the new spells specifically mm-hmm. um you know like learning learning what the new spells do a bunch of the spells came over from the old game yeah but um yeah it's uh yeah it's really good and the spells are in just kind of in general are pretty interesting like a lot of times they're just used for puzzles like that but almost all of them have combat applications as well right like um the calm spell i ended up using a lot of because if a scorpion shows up on the screen if you cast calm it will freeze and you can mm-hmm. leave the screen no what that sound like um oh a, well, a calm scorpion <laughs> okay yeah, it'd be like Sleepy Boy. Mm. Yeah. So the uh, a Snorpion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Snorpion. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a. Uh, it was extremely cool. Right. Like I, I generally like magic using in this game. Yeah, that sounds great. Like I like the yeah. the, the two thief jobs you end up doing, but that sounds uh, that sounds way cooler. Um, and well, also it sounds like the, <laughs> go ahead. The the ending of the game is possible as a as a magic user. Yeah, where it's you impossible know, like the, as a thief. Yeah, so it, it sounds pretty frustrating. At least like the the magic content in the end really worked. Mm-hmm. You know, and the magic content there did not work. So yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um. So your last safe day is day three. Um. Here is where I went out and did the uh, the dervish thing um, at night. And this happens a few times, um, you know, like when you go in and eat your dinner of pheasant stuff with grapes or different kinds of honeyed, honeyed meat of different animals. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's meat with a side order of meat, which is yeah. like, you know, still my heart. Yeah, that, that's what I want. Like, yeah, I like if I go to the only place where I feel safe doing that is at barbecue restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like nobody looks at looks at you askew if you get a little brisket on the side. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just did some brisket for daddy. Um, yeah. yeah. Side brisks. <laughs> uh, but on different nights, like you'll get to watch a dance. Um, and there's this guy He's kind of the court poet, Omar. He comes and reads poetry about you. Just, uh, just about you. Um, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> some boundaries. Uh, Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he also can foreshadows what you're going to end up having to do, um, you know, facing down these four elementals that are uh, uh, posing a threat to the city. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny. He has a poetry translator uh, as well, who just kind of will tell you what the poems mean, even though it's all really obvious. <laughs> he's, he's the hype man. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's got a guy standing behind him with his arms crossed playing the boss tone. Um, you know, it, it's pretty cute. Yeah. But uh, I ended up getting like, this is always, pre- again, that hangout vibe, right? Like you get here and they wake up and they're like, oh, make sure you show up this evening because, uh, you know, my wife is dancing and you, yeah. you're going to want to see her dance. And they just it switches to a different perspective to show you do, you know, to watch these performances. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it contributes to that powerful hangout vibe. Yeah. You know, that you have, which I think is, which is pretty cute. Man, thinking about this game is making me really hungry for, for kebab and I need to go and get some kebab. So I haven't had a kebab in quite a while. <sighs> Man. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, there's, I, 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 it's a chain, but there's an Aladdin's eatery real near here and I can get some, I can get some of that DoorDash to me real quick. So, yeah. 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 Well, about a half hour before the end of the episode, set yeah. those wheels in motion, my friend. Yeah. You could be kebabbing like moments after done recording. So. I'm going to go to a Brazilian steakhouse and just uh, become a sword swallower and just <laughs> swallow the sword with the meat on it and then just have it come out clean. Well, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there and I'm going to whip out some crazy glue and I'm going to just, uh, mm-hmm. just put that paddle on green. Obrigado. Mister, you can't eat all that meat. You don't want to eat that candle. Um, you know, you get the sword, your, your, your throat will be sword proof. Okay. <laughs> I need to I need to find an excuse before I leave the city to uh, to, to go. I've never gone to the Brazilian steakhouse downtown, and I hear it's dope. Me, me neither. It, it sounds really, really good. Me and Will keep talking about doing it instead of winging with Will. Mm. Like uh, sometimes do like swording with Will. Yeah, and just go and uh, and just sit there and just eat meat until we go into like a horrible meat coma. <laughs> well, you get meat drunk before. It's kind of like how you can't hold your breath until you die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get meat drunk and pass out. Yeah. Yep. And then just wake up on one of those Euro spits <laughs> slowly during <laughs> the, um, I don't know. <laughs> ro- 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 rotating and sweating is basically what I do all day anyway. So turn turn into a goosebumps. I should never record hungry is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Because because I just talked about a kid waking up on a Eurospit and you're like you know what I don't know what that meat is anyway like <laughs> yeah, maybe that'd be good I oh, uh, fuck's sake Uh, so let's talk about these elementals that appear on uh, day number four. Yeah, yeah. So again, it, I, I just I like how much time they give you just to fuck around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not until day number four that if, if you know it's coming, like if you're not just anticipating something bad happening. On day number four, uh, we get our first problem, uh, and it is a uh, you step outside the inn, um, and the Alichika stand is burned up. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, undeterred, Alichika decides to sell you burned wood. Yeah, very cute. This is yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> so this is the work of the fire elemental. Your friend Abdullah, you know, he says, "Yeah, well, Shapir will soon be up in flames. Um, it's up to it's up to me to stop that from happening." All of these elementals pose a different kind of threat uh, mm-hmm. to the existence of the town. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we go talk to Aziza. She, she's going to be kind of our source of information uh, for this, and she'll kind of explain the nature of elementals specifically. Like each one has a different nature. Mm-hmm. And how to capture them. Um, so essentially you need something to 
basically like weaken, attract, weaken, and contain. Right. Are the three things you mostly need for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all different, and these kind of function as hints. Yeah. On how to do this. Yeah. Um, and each each elemental has a contrary element, so it stands to reason that uh, the contrary element to fire would be water. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you go to to Herrick, the uh, the apothecary who is the the guy who is fire aligned in general, um, mm-hmm. he'll show you like this little like magical display about fire. And he says like fire, what fire wants is to consume. Right. Um, and one of the things fire wants to consume is incense. It's attracted to it. Right. Cause, cause it burns really easily. Um, so you can buy incense from him. Uh, then um, you can also buy a lamp. Uh, yes. You could have done this earlier as well. Yeah. There's uh, just like a, I, like a metal Smith around town. Yeah. Which I, I bought it earlier thinking it would be like a magic lamp. Yes. You know, and it, it's not, but <laughs> Why didn't this game play into my stereotype, my stereotyped expectations? Well, it played into all of the other ones. Yeah, because I know. It's very like Arabian Nights. Arabian <laughs> yeah, Nights. It's, so. it's kind of straight up the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, what you end up having to do, uh, you've got this fire elemental, you know, who ultimately shows up in the gate plaza outside the hotel. Um, if he makes contact with the, with the sign outside the hotel, it will burn and it will stay burned for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, really great little touch. Yeah, very, very, very cute. Uh, but what you need yep. to do um, is uh, activate your incense, and you start trailing it behind you. He will start coming after you. You lure him into the water and uh, into the alleyway um, because he is consuming all the stuff in the in the plaza. Um, and you have to. Uh, I think in my case, I doused him with water. I just used the uh, the, the water skin on him. And then uh, when he was diminished, place the lamp next to him in order to uh, kind of ingest the flame into it. Yeah, that, and that's what, that's what you do. You have to have a full water skin yeah. to do it, I believe. But as long as you have a full water skin, that'll do it. Yeah. So you distract him with the incense, you pour water on him, and then you put him inside your lamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so this kind of starts this rhythm of elemental attacks you know, that you're going to have. Um, you now have this lamp. Um, afterwards you can go and talk to, uh, Rakish is the name Rakish, okay. of the, uh, the, the lion tar. Um, he'll give you pretty hefty rewards Yes, for, for doing this. Um, you're going to want to talk to everyone and get your rewards because one of them is the, the one way you can kind of fuck yourself over mm-hmm. if you don't get an item before you go to recede. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you're going to want to go through and, and 50 dinars is no joke mm-hmm. at this point. I hadn't bought everything I needed. Right. So this was very helpful after this. I didn't really need the money, but at this point it's very useful. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you have a couple of days, you know, we're fast forwarding through a lot because again, you are in this rhythm, um, at the beginning of day eight, um, you're woken up not so much by the, uh, by the air elemental, but your, your Saurus, and I guess his name is Roger, the Roger's Saurus. I don't know what that is a reference to. I don't know. If anything. Yeah. Yeah. Could just be a name. Yeah. Uh, he's waiting for you outside and he licks your face. They give you a warning about that. that He'll chase you into the city. That's just where this appears. Well, it, it's a foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. For, for something later. Um, but yeah, he, he comes back and, and you, you, they put him back in the pen. Um, he's a good boy. <laughs> um, and we start hearing about this air elemental. You go, you know, you wake up, you do your rounds, you're going to talk to all your friends. Um, and they tell you there's an air elemental hanging around by the palace. Right. Um, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you go to Aziza, Aziza says, you know, earth is the opposite. However, you should talk to somebody who's associated with, with air elementals. Do you know anybody like that? And then I go shoot myself. Because <laughs> uh, I had to go talk to Keepon. Actually, I mean, it's not that bad, but I do find Keepon laughing very annoying in this game. <laughs> yes, I decide the city is doomed, and I ride on to my next adventure. Yep, <laughs> get on to Mordavia. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Uh, but you go talk to Keep on Laughing because he is air aligned. Um, and he ends up giving you something called Fooler's Earth, uh, which mm-hmm. I guess is just dirt. Um, that will uh, help you bind the elemental. You just have to uh, find a way to get it inside the tornado. What walks like a man? Yeah, you can get this actually from a couple other places. Um, there's a, somebody who sells a. The way I did it was there's somebody who sells uh, clay pots, and you can buy one that's like used for planting, and you buy a clay pot with with earth in it. So you don't have to get it from Keep On. Mm-hmm. I went to Keep On to get information, but I didn't buy his Fooler's Earth. Yeah, yeah. Because they need his children to grow up poppers. <laughs> They need to they need to learn that there is no the, that there is no gain to be had by being like their father. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, do you want to see what a successful businessman looks like? <laughs> the um, stay away from Uncle Keepon. Um, the uh, so you need something to trap him in. The uh, the blacksmith has had some bellows above his door. Yeah, uh, the entire time, and those would work. They're real bellows. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that uh, if you talk to him and try to get them, he wants to arm wrestle you. Right. For them, you can talk about um, like his, his different like various glories, his trophies and this. He's a real jerk, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's a real aggro piece of shit. Um, you can arm wrestle him. Um, apparently, like it's possible to succeed at this. It's like a die roll thing with like out super maxed out strength. But it's a mini game with its own weird little interface. Yeah. To it, uh, that I didn't want to like I couldn't succeed at. And I couldn't tell if I was doing something wrong or if my die rolls just weren't good enough. Yeah, to get kind of get past it. So um, I tried to uh, arm wrestle him and I was kind of stymied here for a moment because then I would try to uh, levitate up to the uh, to the bellows and I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my character wouldn't cast levitate. Yeah, uh, but you can uh, you can get it through fetch there. Um, you have to do it at night uh, and you can fetch the bellows. Yeah, but uh, I got a guard came out. Did this happen for you? Yes. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, which one of the things I really love, like the guard comes out, says like, hey, you can't go around stealing. We're going to take you to the dungeon. And you just explain yourself with pe- people never fucking do in video games. <laughs> right. You just say like, actually, like I'm I'm the hero of Spielberg. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to use this to kill this air elemental that's going to kill us all. Can I borrow it? And they're like, yeah, actually. <laughs> Great. Like, I'll look the other way, you know, for a moment because you're going to actually do something good for all of us. Yeah, because this is fucking the... happens in video games. <laughs> because this is for the greater good. People like end up giving you free stuff that they otherwise would sell you because you're going to save their fucking city. Yeah, I love it. Like I think that's a really really cool kind of tone. Yeah. For 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 this to go through. Like it just makes it feel better. You know, as opposed to everyone being a weird like beep boop robot rule bot. Yeah. You know. Yep. So, yeah. Um, as a thief, you can use your magic, uh, your your magic rope to get up there and take the bellows. That didn't work for me. Um, I don't know. Mm. I, I I don't know if it was a skill thing or if it was uh, uh, whatever it was. I, I was fortunate enough to have magic, and I just used fetch at night to get the uh, to get the bellows down. Um, mm. So no no big deal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then uh, so once you have the uh, the bellows. Um, you have to go, uh, take care of this, this air elemental. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's over in the palace. Uh, yeah. And for, for me, like this just ended up being a matter of throwing the dirt at him, um, and then using the bellows, uh, to get him in. But I understand like mages don't have ready access to the throw skill. Um, yeah, you have to, you have to be good at throwing to, to hit him with it, which is really frustrating. Um, so, you, so it's a kind of this is really non-intuitive to you. Like I had to actually look this up. Um, you levitate up uh, and then wait for him to move under you, and then you drop it on him. So uh, that's really tricky. 
to me that's not intuitive because mm. uh, i can throw dirt at something in the same room as me <laughs> right you know it's just like why is this hard like why am i missing am i doing something wrong yeah um but once you put enough dirt in him you can use the bellows on him yeah and suck him up yeah so um easy enough mm-hmm. yeah uh the earth elemental is your next one uh who ends up showing up on day 12 again you have you know, a few days to get your stuff back together you get your reward and everything uh the innkeeper tells you like hey we've got this earth elemental who is kind of going around the city uh making a ruckus this is one that specifically is like in the alleyways yeah essentially just punching people right. <laughs> um, so the particular kind of punching ruckus yeah punch, punch ruckus so um, this is kind of a weird one. Like you, you talk to people and uh, you need, you need, they'll tell you this, but he needs to go into a cloth sack, which I yeah. don't really understand how that's opposite enough. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's an appropriate container for sand. Cause they talk about like, Oh, that's the, that is uh you know, what, what we use to carry, uh, carry sand around, uh, yeah. you know, when we need to get sand from we, one place yeah, to we another. Get sand from one place to one place where we want to like, lay some gift sand <laughs> right to one of our friends you know <laughs> yeah um the the idea that uh that fire is contrary to uh to, to earth you know i guess yeah. something had like fire had to be contrary to something and you know it well, makes... it's because they make it a wheel instead of a cross yeah yeah you know instead of instead of being uh you know earth and air being opposite and water and fire being opposite mm-hmm yeah, you know, they, they they do it as a, a rock paper scissors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the, the the idea being that uh, like it's like you're firing clay and making it brittle or something like that. Some yeah, something like that. Right. Uh, you know, weirdly kind of not intuitive. Uh, that so the the way that it uh it worked for me. So you can actually just fight this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, which is pretty strange yeah. uh, if you want to. Um, but you you kind of go through. Uh, you have the bag. Um, I just like hit him with a bunch of darts. Uh, as I was going through the city yeah. um, and it hurt him and then he runs away and you kind of had to chase him okay. a little bit until you hit him with enough darts and you can put him in the bag. Yeah. Uh, oh. For me, like I kind of got an instant win button by going to Herrick, um, the mm-hmm. apothecary. He gives you some, uh, some powder for burning. This is the thing that he like treasures because he's fire aligned. He's like, well, it's for the good of everybody. So just take this and, and use mm-hmm. that. Um, I think, it, I think uh, you still have to get into combat with him, but you, know, you just press the button and he goes down. Mm. Um, and you can yeah. just, uh, scoop them up into the bag. Nice and n- n- nice and clean. Yeah. Interesting way to like, you know, when the mage can just kind of make fire, Yeah, you know, it's like a, a interesting kind of puzzle thing, but you take him out, you can beat him in a fight. Um, and he does have a full set of like fighting moves, mm. um, like lots of like wrestling style, like pick up and slams, <laughs> uh, that he does, which are kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's still some kind of side stuff that's been around that's been going on. Yeah. In this, this yeah. Launch. Like we're on day 12. Uh, when this happens so just putting that you know every time one of these earth elementals comes up you have a couple days to deal with them before he destroys the city right right and it's um, a unique game over it's a unique game over every time that happens too yeah yeah yep he destroys the city in a different way which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah uh the major side quest in this portion here is actually uh uh, dispelling this polymorph spell that is on a beast out in the middle of the desert like at one point um somebody in the inn says hey the dervis uh has a message for you um, and mm-hmm. he directs you to this kind of chimera that's in a cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of ask around. You learn that the chimera has been polymorphed, and you have to uh, get this dispelling potion. One of the coolest little touches in this is that a dispelling potion is um, how you do one of the final puzzles in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you made two of them, you can just bring one with you. What? And and bypass all this. <laughs> um, same thing with um, one of the side quests for the alchemist. He's trying to make the ingredients 
uh, for a potion. And if you press him about it enough, it's a potion of protection from undead. Okay. And that's something you can also bring over. So he wants you to go gather all these ingredients, but you can just say like, actually, here's one of the things you're trying to make. <laughs> and it'll just be like, oh shit. You know, and then like you just fix it for him. Yeah. So there's a couple of cool little touches where you can bypass things from from bringing over items from the first game. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah. Neat stuff. Um, the ingredients for the potion. So you have a griffin feather, the fruit of compassion, um, mm-hmm. and also you need some hair from the beast itself. Um, yeah. You know, the so the griffin, he's kind of like nap, napping on a cliff. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of different ways. There are two feathers you can get. Um, like mages and thieves are supposed to like get up near the nest while he's sleeping and, you know, pluck one off of the, you know, out of the nest. Whereas fighters or people with high strength can actually just like lift up a rock and get a feather out from underneath that. Well, fighters can also kill him too. Well, like he's peaceful and it's, it's dishonorable to do so, but, and you can actually lift up that rock. That's a really easy thing to, um, kind of power through. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't actually go up to him. I just clicked on it until it, until it lifted. Same. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, as you get that, the more major component of this is to get the fruit of compassion. Um, I had seen this. I'd run into this before. Mm-hmm. There is a, one of the screens in the desert. There is a tree shaped like a woman. Right. And uh, it's very like haunting and, and kind of weird. The music changes when you're here. Um, and like, what's that about? Um, you can kind of ask around and find out. Um, this is the story of Julinar. Yeah. Um, who is this? Uh, you learn this kind of backstory. Yeah. You're talking to Aziza and it's really kind of tragic and great. Yeah. She, um, she, she's a woman who wanted to be a healer um, and throughout the process of kind of, you know, trying to do that, she ended up having, you know, she ended up being turned into this tree. Right. She was punished essentially for going kind of outside of societal norms uh, for these things. So, you you know, she turns into this tree creature. So you have to help her out by giving her uh, three things like, um, like it's like water, like a secret. Um, It's the the gift of the gift of kindness, the gift of magic. uh, And then the gift of love Mm -hmm. are the things you can do. So you can, uh, so the gift of kindness is to give her water. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, gift of magic uh, is another like you, one. You, you, have to, you have to you 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 buy dirt actually, like like, oh, fer- yeah, like yeah. fertile earth, and put it around her. Yeah, um, and then then you can hug her. Yeah, well, you, you, hug well, you, you, you you hug her, and then also you uh, you have to like tell her a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you tell her your name, you tell her about your exploits, yeah. and this turns her back, uh, gives you this fruit. Like she blossoms and gives mm-hmm. you the fruit. Because you restored her spirits. One of my favorite Easter eggs in the game happens here. If you throw a rock at her, uh, the rock will bounce off her and break your computer monitor, um, which causes like a buzz. And the the game over message is about how you're going to have to go buy a new monitor because you're an asshole. Um, super great. It's like, a, like it's like that one screen in Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Really great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Uh- <laughs> So you get you get part of the potion mixed up and you have to uh distract the beast in his cage with uh with some food and water so you can pluck some uh, hair off of his tail. Uh turns out that he is a uh, he is a sorcerer's apprentice. His master um Ad Avis who we've heard about before, he's kind of a, a an evil sorcerer over in um uh Rasir. Yes. And uh you, you know Ad Avis transformed him into this and left him for dead basically because this apprentice didn't live up to his expectations. So he gives some, uh, some tips for how to fight Ad Avis. Like for me, mm-hmm. he said like, yeah, he's going to throw spells at you. So you need to, you know, you need to dodge. You need to, you need yeah. to duck them. Yep. Yep. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, and this is, this is technically a side, a side thing. Yeah. You know, here, cause this is not related to the elements. This just kind of happens. You could have done this earlier too. You know, this is just whenever you find that, uh, that polymorph guy. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah so yeah. um and the final elemental is the uh the water elemental yeah this is barely anything uh it's, yeah. it's so barely anything that i forgot that i didn't put the notes in for this but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's easy enough <laughs> yeah um, there's not too much to it he's just yeah. he's hanging out in the uh the fountain splashing around yeah um and you just uh use the bellows on it yeah you put you put down the your water skin there and then use the bellows to blow him into the water skin right right so um if he gets too close to you he'll suck all of the water out of your body yep uh as he's his uh horde wilting or whatever that uh eighth level uh, D spell is yeah you know desiccate yeah. you yeah uh <laughs> so but yeah you end up getting this uh and uh you need better be sure that you buy another uh, a water skin because that doesn't end up becoming uh an infinite water skin like i expected it to yeah, yeah, that that would be great. You just yeah. drink him for eternity. Um, it's just a, it's a real power move. So there, there's a there's a real big uh, thing here you can miss that's super important. And I don't yes. know if it's actually important for all the playthroughs, but um, you, know, you go through when you're talking to your friends. You want to be part of that rhythm because you learn uh, that uh, uh, Sasha Shashanan, uh, your Kata buddy, mm-hmm. wants to thank you for everything you've done, right? Uh, for the people of the city, and will give you this uh, sapphire pin yeah. that you put on your lapel. Um, that's extremely important. Yeah. Um, it marks you as a friend of the Kata as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What you're going to need to uh, survive in Rasir. Um, this whole time people have been talking about how there's a caravan that goes to Rasir once a month. You kind of knew you were going to show up there. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't know exactly when it's going to come, but you have 16 days essentially to fart around, uh, you know, the, the starting city and fight these elementals. Right. Uh, so you're just waiting for, for day 16 for, for this caravan. And so, you know, in the middle of the night, you are uh, collected and it starts this very strange, um, but, you know, still not really out of place, Lawrence of Arabia homage. Like it straight up just pulls, uh, (laughs) it straight up just references that in both music and also the shot of the caravan uh, crossing the desert. There's a very funny gag where... (laughs) <laughs> the, the you know a bunch of bandits uh kind of squeeze you in on either side um and then it cuts away to an intermission when you come back your hero is standing atop just a mountain of corpses yep you, you killed all of them <laughs> uh which is very like do you know how bad i am at combat in this game <laughs> uh the intermission you get a little screen where you have snacks and popcorn that you can inspect <laughs> yeah um which is really, you know again very fun yeah Let's all go to the lobby. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you get to get to town, when you get to Rasir, um, you're immediately kind of like seized. Like guards come up mm-hmm. and har- harass you, and they ask for your papers. Um, you know, you I'm like, why? Well, you know, you don't have papers. You can kind of sass them a little bit, but you, mm-hmm. you don't have papers. They give you a photo ID. Yeah. Um, which is like <laughs> yeah, that printed up <laughs> with your picture on there. That's a little bit weird. Yeah. Um. The uh, but the uh, you know, you go. The uh, oh, the, the, I don't know if this is in the notes, so maybe this didn't. Uh, I'm looking at uh, for a reminder of the magic stuff. Uh-huh. I've got a walkthrough open. Did you have the bit with your source? I said that was, was um, foreshadowing. No, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's really interesting that this is uh, this is optional. So when you go to uh, if you go to Aziz's house, um, you'll come in for tea and your source will follow you huh. and you'll find out that your source is actually a, a polymorphed uh, one of the rulers of Rasir. Oh, weird. So, yeah, that, that's your source. That's why he's coming and licking your face and being all fucking weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just another human who likes to lick face. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. like you do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um that 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 is just like straight up a revealed at the end like oh your your Soros has been the has been the true ruler all the time. That is yeah. like that that never happened to me with Aziza. Yeah, it, you can you can get this ahead of time and then she'll the, she'll take care of your Soros while you're gone. Mm-hmm. Since she knows that it's a it's the the true ruler. The name yeah. is escaping me right now the true ruler of the other town because yeah. you know, right wrong or whatever, it's just not a name that I'm familiar with so it didn't stick I've to me. Got it. Yeah. it didn't stick to me, so. Yeah. Um, so would you believe me if I said that Rasir is an extended Casablanca reference? I, I would <laughs> because I, I also it. played the game, but yeah, yeah, for people who are listening though, hopefully they'll believe it as well, because if you're going to start doubting things we say in the show, like <laughs> maybe a bad time for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> trust us. Um, yeah, this is extremely castle or Castlevania. 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 <laughs> of all the Frankenstein's monsters laughs you could have walked into. <laughs> uh, I like some pound cake. Um, the uh, so you you head in here, you get uh, kind of uh, harassed as soon as you get in, um, and then you go into uh, and he, he like punches you. Yeah, and stuff. like it, it's pretty nasty. Um, and you are now in Rasir. Mm-hmm. Um, the way this actually so it's a big Casablanca reference, but also the way this changes the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, is one of my favorite things this game does. Yeah. Um, Rasir is awful. No one's happy. Instead of street signs, they just have propaganda. Mm-hmm. So like when you're going through alleys, instead of seeing what street you're on, it just says like, you know, talking after dark is against is forbidden. Yeah. Like what the fuck? You know, like you know, just <laughs> stuff like that. It's very, very cool yeah. to take this place of comfort that you spent the entire game in and give you this mirrored image, miserable version of yeah. it. Yeah. C- comfort and just like ridiculous opulence. Like, you know, just you, you really, I didn't appreciate how, how awesome that end was until I saw the, what, like what was going on in the blue parrot, uh, you know, like the fountain in this place is not a, you know, it's not really running like, so yeah, you better, you, no free water. Yeah, yeah, you, hope, to, you have to buy water. Yeah. Hope you brought water. Yeah. Be, pretty great. Because Nestle took over. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like I, I really, I really love how this articulates. Yeah. Yep. Um, so your, 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 your main base in here and also like the, the, the available area of Rasir is very small. Like most of it is uh, blocked off. Yeah. Um, so you only have a few, a few different alleyways you can go to, uh, your base of operations, uh, is the blue parrot. Uh, so named after the, um, Monty Python reference that is hanging out in the back. It is a, it is a former parrot, uh, mm. that is hanging from there. And just the most clever line in the entire game, I think. Um, you know, with the mixture of the Arabian Nights and the Casablanca thing, of all the gin joints in all the world, you had to walk into this one. Yeah, yeah that's pretty great. <laughs> that is so good. They repeat it seconds later. Yeah, that's with sucks. a d- gin sling, which is a little bit less good. Mm, yeah, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's still good, but <laughs> slightly less good. But just the, the kind of hostility here. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just really love. Like, you're immediately kind of uh, hailed by uh, Signor uh, Ferrari who is such a fucking slime ball. Mm-hmm. Like this guy just seems like he's going to sell me out immediately. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh, he maybe was a little bit nicer to me because I made the sign of the thief to him. And he said, oh. like, all right, well, we're going to use some of your skills, you know, make sure you run it through me first. Cause I handle all the law breaking around here. So yeah, he's like, he has like a crime boss. Yeah. 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 You don't have very much to do here as a magic user. Um, you, know, you just kind of advance the plot. Like there's a part where you just kind of wander around until something happens. Mm. Like I felt, it felt like maybe there was not cut content, but if they had made it, you know, more balanced, there'd be something for all the classes to do here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause as a magic user, there's very little for you to do here. Mm. 
Yeah, there, there's one. There, the, your second thieves side quest is here. Mm. Um, that's a that's that, that's a pretty cool, uh, a pretty pretty cool little reference. Um, but yeah, uh, you also you know like if, if you explore a little bit, uh, you return. Uh, Senor Ferrari tells you about Kavin's rules. Kavin is kind of the brother of the former ruler, who's a little bit of a little you know a real shithead, kind of kind of a yeah. meathead, shithead kind of guy, shitty meathead. Um, and also his name sounds like Kevin, and that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin McAllister. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll teach you to complain about the pepperoni on the pizza. Um, no, he also introduces you to a Ugar- Ugarte. Uh, advancing the Casablanca because he looks exactly like Peter Laurie. Yeah. 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 Uh, but he's um, a smuggler he, who sells information. Yeah. So you can get, you can buy some information from here and uh, they, they expected you here. They talk about how they're interested in, in your presence because of a prophecy. Right. Uh, that, that they've heard of that a hero will come. Uh, which ends up being important later. Yeah. Um, when you sleep, you know, you get your back room, which is this terrible rag mattress. You have to fight off rats. <laughs> they keep trying to steal your blanket, which I think is very cute. Like, what are they going to do with that blanket? Uh, something cute. Yeah, I bet. But... yeah, exactly. Like the same thing I'm going to do with it. And that's great. Um, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty cute. You're going to make a bed um, for their young. Come on. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, so you, uh, you, you wake up, you head out just kind of exploring because you don't really have anything to do here. Like I thought right. I'd have to go to the palace and like confront people, but that's a quick game over. Yeah. You know, you can't take out the guards. Um, when you go to the fountain plaza, you get to, you see Ugarte uh, being arrested for smuggling water. Yeah. Uh, here. And, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, this is a bad scene. You know, they're trumping up charges mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and a woman pulls you aside as you're kind of walking away into an alley, walking around into an alley. Um, and she says like, listen, I'd like to escape the city. Um, they're going to force me to marry Kavine. Um, I need to dress up as you to escape. Yeah. Um, and you had a, you very conveniently were given a set of extra clothes and you were just very easily can, uh, send your, your ID, which is called a visa. And there's a bunch of don't leave town without it Whoa. jokes, which yeah. like don't age super well, given that the commercial hasn't been on the air for like 30 years. But <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in return, she gives you the ability to peek at her changing behind a super gauzy uh, kind of kind of room separator. Yeah. Uh, but re- if you have those x-ray specs, you get to see everything. Oh, gross. I didn't do it. I just read about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that I had them. Like I bought oh. them like almost first thing and it was just like, oh, yeah. Huh. Like I have x-ray specs. Those weren't good for anything. And looked up <laughs> online and it's for it's for the the uncommonly horny game Quest for Glory 2. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Uh, curiously horny. Um, yep. She also gives you a mirror that will let the women in the palace know that you're worthy of assistance. Yes. Um, so it's kind of your. Would it surprise you to use that for a quest? <laughs> yeah uh so you know she her her sprite turns into yours and she's able to you know walk out of the city you don't really suffer for lacking a visa which is Mm -hmm. you know fine fine and good uh the extra quest that you get for being a thief here um is ferrari wants you to break into what he just calls an apartment like oh you're stealing from some schlub uh he wants you to steal this black figurine of a falcon you know, mm-hmm. so uh, continuing that 30 cinema Peter Lorre connection, uh, it's the Maltese Falcon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you end up using the magic rope to get into Kavin's you know, room because, you know, uh, Ferrari was selling you out. He didn't tell you that you were, you know, he was sending you into the, you know, the the muscle of the city's room. Uh, you end up having to 
sneak through his bedroom as he is sleeping. Uh, he has a very uh, a very squeaky floor, uh, so every time it squeaks, he stirs, and you have to stay still for a few seconds. Mm. Um, and get to the cabinet where the uh, where where, it, where the uh, falcon is. Oil the hinges, open it up. When you inspect it, uh, the <laughs> you ask yourself, "Is this what dreams are made of?" And it's like dot dot dot. Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> then you pick it up and you have to sneak back out. Um, and just like in the Maltese Falcon, um, spoiler alert, I guess it turns out not to be authentic. There were four of them made, but only one of them is worth anything. Mm. Right. Yeah. You don't do any of that. Like, as I made, you don't do anything. Mm. Uh, you just, you just go home and hang out, <laughs> uh, you sleep. Um, you, you can go talk to Ferrari and be like, you know, what's up with Ogard? And he's like, yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. You got taken at some point. He very conspicuously says, um, you know, it's been really nice knowing you. Yeah. Uh, which is very, uh, Dick. you know foreboding <laughs> yeah. yeah like he sold you out for right. sure um at least that's the the implied thing and the uh the magic thing because when you leave the next morning uh you get accosted and arrested by guards right right um and it's, it's interesting for it to think of it the thief because you actually did break the law while you were here yes so it's possible that like it was he sold you out on that job as a magic user it just feels a little bit random yeah yeah like, they just, like they're just they making found, up they found a reason to to take you in yeah 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 so you're thrown in jail uh, there's a kata in the dungeon. Uh, you show him your pin. Uh, turns mm-hmm. out that it was it wasn't confiscated. All of your stuff has been taken away except for this pin. Uh, well, because it was on your lapel. It looked like it was part of your clothing. Oh no, it's got it's got magic on it. The uh, the the kata's magic. It's very simple. Uh, it's only visible uh, to other kata uh, yeah. or or people who are friends of the kata. So that's why, that that that's that's why you still have access to it. They just didn't take it because they couldn't see it. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But he says like, hey. Uh, my name is Sharaf. I know of a secret passage. We just have to get out of here. Uh, as a thief, you can use that to uh, to pick the uh, to pick the lock on the cell door. Uh, use hmm. the uh, use the pin to pick that. How did uh, how did you end up getting out? Here, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I think. Oh, you just you have spells. You cast open. Oh shit. Okay. So yeah, like you, you <laughs> like they did, they couldn't take away your brain. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's locked up tight. Yep. So, so you grab your equipment. Um, you head out through the uh, the secret passage. And uh, this puts you back out on the streets of Rasir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you start heading towards the uh, the thing. And this is another weirdly like kind of random quinky dink that mm-hmm. happens. Um, you're, you're heading back towards the end because for me, it was like I didn't have anything else to do. Right. You right. Know, they're weirdly directionless. Um, but then you get confronted by this this magical aura here. And uh, Adavis shows up. And essentially, he casts like a charm spell on you in a way that I really like how this articulates too. Mm-hmm. Um, because it makes the narrator unreliable. Yes. Like it starts off kind of suspicious and then the narrator starts justifying to you what's happening. Yeah. Well, he, he seems like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, the, the, like, you know, exactly. Like this guy, you didn't really have anything else you were doing. Yeah. You know, and th- this is your friend who's asking you this. You want to do a favor for your friend, right? Like right. it's pretty neat. It's it's pretty insidious to kind of emulate a running thought. Yes. Pattern of someone being charmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that. I like that quite a bit. This ends up being a kind of a kind of a cool little scene um yeah yeah you know because because also like your character keeps on forgetting why he is here um and then mm-hmm. then the, the narrator says well you might you must have followed him for a reason uh stuff yeah like exactly that. like you're already here so yeah. like you wouldn't do it for no reason right yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty great yeah uh but you know he knows the prophecy and he knows that you're the person who's going to be able to uh you know make all this stuff happen he has taken you to this place called the forbidden city 
Um, and this is the place where um, Iblis, this djinn, has been uh, has been uh, sealed away. Right? They have kind of collapsed the entire city around it. Um, and uh, you know, he says, "Okay, I'm going. You know, I need to have you here on this particular night." Uh, you know, when the moon is in this position so he can open the door and he's furious because the moon is not between the scorpion's tails like, you know, yeah. like, like it was uh, uh, foretold. Right. Well, so and he, he said he said he needed you because that's part of the prophecy. Yes. Yeah. Like and he his uh, friendly veneer breaks down. Oh, yeah. like you ask him questions about it. You act like his friend and he's just like, no, no, shut up, shut up. You know, this is supposed to work. Why isn't the door opening? Like he's losing his patience. Yeah. In a way that's really appealing. And he said, eventually says, like, open that door. <laughs> like, don't talk to me unless you can figure out a way to open that door. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, you, I can't cast spells at this point. You know, the open spell is not strong enough. Mm -hmm. um, the way you have to use it is use, use the mirror you just got to reflect the moonlight onto the door. Right. Um, which opens it up. Yep. And he sends you in essentially to do his, his bidding. Like, you know, go get the thing so I don't have to. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And so inside this, there are different chambers, um, you know, like features of the inside of this uh, underground city uh, that are aligned with the elements. So like, you know, when you're inside, you light your lamp to uh, to see through the dark. You cross a river by jumping on a log. Uh, that is frustrating <laughs> because yeah, the, it's, the, it's the, timing, the timing is a little bit uh, precise that you need. You do, do, if you turn down the game speed a lot, it makes this oh, easier. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's tricky. Yeah. Um, so. And also you have to, uh, you have to, there's this tunnel that is uh, sucking, sucking you in a tunnel of air. Um, and yeah, I end up using uh thief skills to kind of like um, uh, make the tunnel collapse and stop, yeah. the, uh, stop the air passage. Yeah. But you just blast it with a spell, yeah. but like same basic principle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you go through this maze of lava. Yeah. Which, which is pretty obnoxious. Yeah. Like that, this is the most King questy feeling part of this game yeah because you're on kind of a thin path with fire showing up every once in a while like it's an action scene it's not great yeah but you can actually if you brought enough healing things you can just kind of tank it as well yeah yeah um, just kind of run through which is good mm. um eventually you get to uh this this cliff and it says uh you're asked like who is the most powerful uh and you have to have been paying attention right to when adavis was talking um and this was this this ancient wizard or ancient king uh suleiman yes he's um, the ruler of the city yeah. Yep. Uh, going, this gets you into this, uh, this inner chamber. Um, Adavis does the classic villain thing and says like, you know, thanks for getting past all those hazards for me. You know, hero. Um, he claims a statue that has Iblis and says, you will be the one who, you know, I will now call you the one who waits behind right. and then collapses the doorway behind you. Mm -hmm. Um, because of that, you find this ring that has a, a gin in it who is for that the ring is marked for the one who waits behind <laughs> right or something like that like it's it's like interesting they like cursed you with the thing i don't know exactly what happened yeah like he just he, he he knew this was part of the uh part of the prophecy he just didn't know that by making you fulfill that role he was also putting he was a nail in his, you know, his sealing himself yeah yeah um and then you get this like pretty fun gin yeah um that's like who is not very good at his job he says <laughs> he, um, he volunteered for the job because nobody else wanted it yeah <laughs> Uh, and it, it's pretty, you get three wishes mm -hmm. as a gin. So they're finally fulfilling that part of the, the genre. Mm -hmm. Um, and the third one always has to be to teleport you to, uh, you know, to the, the, the Sultan, yeah. um, or the Emir. But the first two are kind of interesting. Um, you can do this to kind of multi-class, mm -hmm. um, you can wish for additional stats and anything that you have already. Um, but you can also just get 50 stat points to put anywhere yeah so if you want to become a hybrid class this is a great way to do it yeah um, or if you just want to pump one of your your main skills and get it kind of supernaturally powerful for the next game yeah 
uh, you can do it. Yeah. It's just, it's just like a neat way to like almost prestige or kind of respec at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just basically for free. It's a good touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also that gin is funny. Like he's, yeah, he's real hapless. He's cute. Yeah. Um, but when you teleport, you go back to Rasir and this takes you into the end game. Uh, you know, you're outside the palace, which is where, um, you know, uh, Adavis has gone and he is going to use this, uh, gin to basically end the world and take it over. Um, and mm -hmm. Adavis, you know, he's fulfilled this role, you know, the Jafar role, right. Of the, uh, of the magic advisor who has usurped the city. Um, so this is the final gauntlet of the game, kind of the end game that is a series of obstacles that you have to make, you know, get through with the skills that you have, depending on your class. Right. So this is pretty different. I know that um, the thief way that you go through it, um, like nobody knows you're there is kind of the idea. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's supposed to be very stealthy. As the mage, you just kind of go through these different obstacles and use the appropriate spell. Mm. Uh, and then just confront the mage and you, you know, you knock, he's uh, you get to the, you get up through, there's a eunuch guarding the palace. You dispense with the eunuch with it, with a flame dart, um, get up inside. You have to calm down, uh, the patrolman, like the Lieutenant, mm -hmm. um, whose name I can't remember. Um, I know you duel him as the fighter and it's kind of like the final, uh, test of the fighting skill. Yeah. Like he's got a very complicated move set. Yeah. Do you, do, um, do, are you talking about Kavin? Because like Kavin ends up uh, like he's the last guy that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, there we go. Kavin. Um, yeah, and, and then and then you go and and then you go and fight Adavis, right? Yeah, you go to a, where Adavis is doing a ritual, um, and he just kind of does a series of spells at you um, to attempt to uh, to kind of take you out. Like he summons this golem next to you that you have to use trigger on it, which is a, a spell that you use to like. Um, it's actually pretty vaguely defined. The idea is it's supposed to trigger like magical traps and stuff, but it also, it makes the, the golem, uh, crumble. Um, you, he lights the candles in turn and you have to knock over one of the candles before he can light it. Hmm. Um, which breaks his, uh, his concentration. Um, he gets really furious and he tries to do a shape changing spell on you, which he, it's kind of cool. You get like almost a non-standard game over because he does it on you. You turn into a source, hmm. um, but you've stopped the ritual. So it's like. You know, you did a little bit good, but <laughs> so you're, you, you're fucked. So you live out the rest of your days as a source. Yeah, uh, pre pretty great. Yeah, um, you know, pretty cute. Uh, so, but you need to use that reversal spell that you that you got from the wit hmm. uh, thing. Um, as you do so, uh, right as he hits you with it, Kavin walks into the room like, "Hey guys, what I miss?" <laughs> and then gets turned into a snake, uh, <laughs> which is fun. But then Adavi says, "Oh, I, you know, I understand uh, what this is. I'm going to use the reversal spell on myself." And he starts conjuring a spell to kill you. Hmm. Um, and this is like a pretty clever, this is the final puzzle in the game. And it's like fairly clever is that uh, he's going to hit you with this thing. You have to have noticed that when he shot you with a spell, it bounced off you and hit somebody else. So you need to cast a spell at uh, a mirror that's there to have it bounce off and hit him. Hmm. So you have to actually uh, uh, rebound it. Yeah. So, so like, I mean, it's a little right. bit like using right. actually, sorry, I missed, you don't re uh, don't hit him with it. You bounce it off of him onto something else. Hmm. Okay. Onto a Bazir, which okay. will then fall on him. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So just um, playing with the reflection aspect of it. Yes. And you just have to, they, they demonstrate it right before that. You just have to remember in a moment that's like really intense. Yeah. That's how it works. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, for the thief, it goes quite differently, actually. So you still have to take a, t- uh, take out the eunuch on this walkway above, uh, and you end up passing through the harem. Um, and this is where the, you know you, you have the mirror. They've also heard that uh, you know one of their ranks was helped out of the city by this you know by this hero of prophecy, uh, and they agree to help you by distract by distracting some of the eunuchs. They also this is possibly the horniest area of the game. As they fawn over you, uh, <laughs> one of them says of the scene where you traded away your clothes, she says, if I was there, clothes wouldn't be the only thing we exchanged. <laughs> uh, oh. Ma'am, ma'am, are you yeah. talking about bodily fluids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bod- bodily fluids of some type. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. yeah. come would have changed hands. Ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go to the cum changer. <laughs> Yeah, the person who changes exchanges gold for cum. <laughs> Just some gets exchanged. Yeah. Uh so that is very funny. This segues into uh into uh, kind of a, a a specific stealth sequence where you have um a particular interface that uh you have to pick which direction you go um in kind of this open room that has that has a bunch of cover as uh, as as guards move around. Um hmm. And this ultimately gets you, uh, you, uh, you gets you to an overlook, you know, like a balcony that's looking out to the tower where the ritual is taking place. You have to use your magic rope to create the balance beam to walk across. This is where the uh, the agility test comes back. This is what I could not get past because I kept on, you know, fall, falling through. So. Take everything else that I say as me experiencing it through YouTube. Um, when you get halfway across, Kavin comes. Um, and, uh, he is walking, but he, he is, uh, crossing the rope, uh, hand over hand, like, like below you, uh, if he catches up to you, then it'll, you know, yank you down and you fall. Um, so you have to get across and then deactivate the rope. So he falls Kavin's out of the picture at that point. Uh, he's fallen to his death when you're on level footing with Adavis, he starts shooting, um, start shooting spells at you and you have to use a special interface to duck as you get closer mm. Um, you have to throw a rock to knock over one of the candles to stop the ritual. Um, and then you just get it close enough to push him off the tower. So he dies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the the different ways that, uh, that articulates. And as we mentioned, the fighter, my understanding is the big difference is you have a duel Mm, with uh, Kavin. There's an interesting note there, uh, in that duel. Um, we'll talk about paladinhood here in a moment, but one of the things, and earlier on, I misspoke. I talked about how there's no reason not to do it if you're you're a thief. Um, mm-hmm. As a thief, you won't be able to maintain paladinhood because you have to act dishonorably. Right. It's really just like a prestige class for fighters. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways you get, uh, you have to increase your honor to become that. When you're dueling with Kavin as a fighter, he drops his sword mm. for a moment, and you can go in for the kill. But if you wait for him to pick up his sword, you won't oh. lose honor. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but either way, you have uh, taken out Adavis. Uh, the ritual is stopped. Uh, your Dijin, he takes the statue back to the Forbidden City. So that is, you know, uh, <laughs> well, I guess you could have destroyed it. But I guess that is as remote of a place as you could possibly take it. Yeah, it cannot be destroyed. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with that. Like, that's a yeah. that's a trope for this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this starts the end game where you kind of get your uh, uh, coronation ceremony, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a, a series tradition. This happens in the first one as well, where you're in a big room with all of your friends mm-hmm. and you get to talk to and look at everything yeah. uh, well, that you want to. Yeah. Well, uh, like in front of the Emir of Shapir, he uh, uh, is like, everybody's coming up and extolling your virtues. 
um, in yeah. front of them. So like it's a procession of kind of like a you know a summary of the good deeds that you did throughout the uh, throughout the quest. Yep, talking sugar about you. Yeah, there. Um, this is also this is where you can become a paladin. Mm-hmm. Um, the Liontar will uh, give you that option if you have enough honor and enough paladin points, which is a hidden stat, right? That the game tracks. Um, essentially, if you're just being very good. During the entire thing, which like generally you want to play this game unless you're being a thief, like you're, you want to be good, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to anyway. So it's pretty easy to become one. But it's, as we mentioned, it's really just a prestige class for fighters. Right. For the most part. Yeah. Um, but it's really nice to have all the things you've done, you've done summarized. And again, talk a lot of sugar about you in a way that doesn't feel, you know, like it happened from the very beginning of the game. Right. Right. You know, it's because of stuff you literally just did to help mm-hmm. these people out. Yeah. You know, here are all your friends. They like you. You like them. <laughs> so uh, the funny things that happen here, this is where I learned that the Saurus was, you know, the transformed Emir of Ressir. Um, and uh, the other thing is, through all of your deeds, uh, the ultimate uh, reward that you get is that the Sultan declares that you are now his son. <laughs> yep. He <laughs> became Heideckers, you. Yeah. <laughs> he is a it's like a bo- good boy you got there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> boy, you are there. <laughs> Would you like to see what a real salt is like? Yeah, um, I, I really wasn't in the market for a new dad, uh, but you have one. Ooh, yeah, you're okay. our prince. <laughs> I, w- I was just thinking of that in terms of like Aladdin-ness, like you just become a, you're essentially, just, it, he's making you a prince. Right, right, just to get you know, it's like, brought into the yeah. royal family in a ceremonial kind of way. But it, but it is very funny. Yeah, but like it just, like, it, like it straight up, it straight up says, like, I, I, I now declare that you are my son. <laughs> Yeah, very good. He adopts you. <laughs> it's like legit is a pretty good reward. I guess. So I, I, I'm into it. Yeah. No, so. a, a father's love is to be treasured, but fuck, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I would like to be a prince of Rasir. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, you know, yeah. those places. I, yeah. I would become a, a, a prince of Shapir. Yeah, I wouldn't turn it down, but it's just, yeah. it just uh, I don't know. I, I would like to have some, some, some say at the situation, you know? I, I like it to happen at night in like a, like a bag put over my head situation. <laughs> So like I'm, I would like to have no say in this situation. I would like to pull the pull the one arm bandit and see what I get as far as patronage. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I just I, I, I just, and just you just get up like oh, yawn, stretch, walk out for breakfast, and when you sit down, just a bunch of confetti and balloons come out. A banner deploys. Yeah. Or or I just go to pay, and then like the 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 server like looks at me and like shakes her head no, and then points. Yeah. And then over in the corner, there's like a guy with a a beard and mustache. Yeah. You know, and maybe like a like a tasteful trucker hat mm. just kind of nods at me. Yeah. Like, I got this one. Yeah. So some, like, somebody sneaks in and uh, uh, alters all of your documents. You go and look mm-hmm. at your family tree. You load up your ancestry account. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Livingston. What the? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, um, yeah. And that's the end of uh, Quest for Glory 2. <laughs> which, uh, again, it doesn't have to be the, the end end. You can import this character in the third game, yeah. which I don't know when I'll have free time for gaming again but or when i will be thirsty for adventure games just yeah, because like yeah. we're, 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 we're taking a big slurp games. of that yeah yeah but i would like to uh to continue and see like what happens yeah you know i'm interested in those other settings i think this is like an almost uh definitely uncommonly almost unreasonably cool like idea for a series mm-hmm. and most of the things are taking like individual you know on an individual level mm-hmm. maybe not so much you know like there are little individual parts like the combat that suck like component parts that are not good but mm-hmm. as far as being greater than the sum of its parts i think it's pretty up there yeah like yeah. it's neat i wish i had i wish i played these when i was younger um but my my cousins who i played all my adventure games with um they had these but 
I think my cousin didn't like playing them. So I played them at the time. I think I played most of the first one didn't beat it. I touched this one barely mm. and that was it. And I always kind of had them in my head as something I knew were, were cool. Um, I wish that like if I was born five years earlier uh, or four years earlier, these things would have been so extremely my shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like a 12 year old or 13 year old me coming across these games, I would have like breathlessly waited for each one that came out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a super neat idea. Like, and yeah. you can tell that they were very committed to their plan for it. Um, mm -hmm. and the, you know, just a tremendous amount of variety, a tremendous amount of thought put through into, you know, making a new kind of role-playing game. It feels like more than anything, like coming at, coming at the, coming at a role-playing game through just kind of like a studio, um, and a set of institutional knowledge, um, you know, that, you know, was kind of soaked in an adventure game kind of ideas. Like mm -hmm. it, it plays up, you know, I think some really good aspects of both. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it, it's super neat. The, those, those individual things that were bummers ended up being kind of big bummers for me. Um, but ultimately it's so lightweight that it's hard to hold it against it. You know, it goes through, this is thing I, I talked about, uh, on the way here, um, you know, on the way, way to this month, but like one of the things about adventure games that I, are so refreshing about this month is that like, they're kind of cornmeal proof, like something can be a bummer, but all I have to do is look up how to do it Yeah, and then I'm done. Yeah. You know, so like some of those things, like I was like, I was having a hard time with the fighting. Um, I looked up, you know, how much fighting I had to do. Mm -hmm. And then that, that was over. Yeah. And I was having a hard time with the map. And I looked up how to get through the, the map the first time. And then it was over. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you don't have to just know how to do something. Like you just have to know how to do something to do it. You don't yeah, have to like yeah. actually get through it. So it felt so much better than God of War and Nier where like God of War, I got sick of these corridor fights. And it's like, well, no matter what, I have to do these corridor fights. Right. And Nier, I got sick of Nier. And no matter what, I had to play Nier. <laughs> like, there was, just, there was just no way around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's know? the difference between something that you think through and something you work through. Yes, exactly. So, like, I, I had a lot of pleasure, like, thinking through the puzzles. Like, that mm -hmm. wind section, you know, it wasn't the most challenging puzzles I've ever enjoyed. Yeah. yeah but, but they were tricky. Uh, and, and I still felt cool and smart. Like, they were the appropriate level of difficulty. Um, but just having that feeling of, like, whenever anything gets kind of annoying, like, I can just kind of tap out and continue the game, you know, on my own terms is just great. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate that so much. And, you know, spoiler, like, you know, the next game we're doing, uh, which we'll, we'll transition to talking about that, I think has more obtuse puzzles. Like there's mm -hmm. several puzzles during that I think are kind of obnoxious. Right. Um, but like, I mean, I, I actually love the next game we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't if, if I didn't have access to easy walkthroughs of it, I maybe wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if I had to get stuck and just wait a couple of days on some of this stuff, mm -hmm. that charm would not carry me nearly as far. No, no. Like, and, and that's, that's a common element. And I bet you that'll be true for Gabriel Knight as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I love that series, but, and it just been a long time since I played the third one. I bet you that's got some obtuse bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's just such a great thing about adventure games that it allows you to kind of play it on your own terms. Yeah. You know, so like, even though this had those parts, those kind of points of friction, like I just felt it was really hard for me to hold it against the game. Yeah. You know, it's part of the experience. Like, I'm not saying it shouldn't count. It just, you know, a, a thing that has come up a lot more or has come up with a show, not me, not more like a way that I've changed in gaming is like, it just matters to me a lot what I'm doing. You know, like at the end of the day, like a, a choice that a game will make, I can recognize it as being good or bad. Um, that can only go so far unless it's actually impacting how I'm spending my time. And any bad decision that cost me hours is always going to feel worse than a bad decision that cost me minutes. Yeah. You know, and the bad decisions that are in this game is, or the, the kind of flaws or the, the dated things take minutes, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it's, it goes down smooth even when it's, when it's less than good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
Um, so it just, it made a really big difference to my overall enjoyment. Mm -hmm. well, um, and, and also coming hot off the heels off of, you know, what we did. Right? Cornmeal Mountain. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it's just like, this just feels like it's just not Cornmeal Mountain, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's just very easy for me to be very forgiving of the bad things and just really, really loving the good things about it. And ultimately thinking like, you know, West of Loathing kind of is the update of this that I want. Like, I want to check out Hero U, but also, you know, I love, like, I loved West of Loathing. And mm -hmm. that was the RPG adventure game hybrid that feels like the ultimate conclusion of the thesis statement yeah. of the series to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, West of Loathing is so good. <laughs> it's really really good i i said this before but i'll say it again like when that came out i was so i was really worried a little bit just because we're friends with those guys and like what if it's not good because yeah. then that's going to be awkward yeah you know like I, I not that awkward it wouldn't kill our friendship but if <laughs> i had to be like yeah you know i thought it was all right like mm -hmm. that might be you know i don't want to hurt any feelings of people who you know i genuinely mm -hmm. you know love like you know if, if it's the creator if it's a stranger you know i'm not talking to them right right you know, I don't, I'm not worried about hurting the near guy's feelings or the, the 999 guy's feeling because I don't know them. Right. You know, but if it was something I didn't like for the people I know, like, uh, I would feel bad. And I was just like so relieved when it was delightful as hell. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, this, I'm so proud of these guys. And like, I just, I, I, I'm so happy that, uh, you know, I can just fully honestly get behind something they made. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, feel, feel good about, you know, spreading the word for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's genuine. Like I, I, I have no stake in that. Like yeah. I don't, you know, um, I just, uh, I genuinely think it's great. Yeah. Should we define yeah. cornmeal for people who may not have listened to that particular episode of uh, Bonfire Side Chat? It's, it's come up a few times, but it's probably worth because it's, it's going to be in the. I feel like it's, you know, a new, new vocab world word. Yeah, uh, yeah. So when we talk about something for cornmeal, the origin of that was when we were talking about the chalice dungeons in uh, uh, Bloodborne. Uh, the idea being just a bunch of featureless corridors that you had to fight, fight, fight through uh, without an awful lot of novelty to them um, and just kind of a lot of tedium, uh, a lot of sameness and things like that. So I likened that to sitting down. I liken playing those to sitting down and eating a big bag of cornmeal by the spoonful uh, mm -hmm. for its blandness and repetitiveness and just general unpleasantness. So when we say that something is cornmeal-y, uh, we're talking about that tedium, um, like you are eating a, you know, uh, just a, just a big old, big old bag of flour. And the, the size of the bag counts too. Yes. Like it's just like, a, you know, to me, I associate cornmeal with just like, there's a lot of it and you just have to get through it. Yes. You know, like I, if I want to fight Queen Yarnum, I just have to do a bunch of fucking bullshit. Yeah. Just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> just a, I, I, I started burping partway through that and I decided to use it. The uh, I, I used it to get extra extra power <laughs> in, in that that plosive B. Um, but anyway, so like like the uh, I'm really happy to be you know done with cornmeal. I think this is great and mm -hmm. relatively cornmeal free. Yeah. Um. So cornmeal free. Uh, mm -hmm. What we're doing next, as we mentioned, is Callahan Callahan's Cross Time Saloon, mm -hmm. which is delightful as fuck. Uh, there's yes. not a legal way to play it. You have to use DOS box magic, but um, that's Googleable, yes. and you should do it. You absolutely should. Um, it is the, probably the densest. The it probably has the highest joke density of any game I've ever played, West of Loathing included, which is high fucking marks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's based on a series of books, um, and the strength of even just the first uh, of the uh, the strength of that first scenario kind of made me a convert, and so I'm re reading the first book right now, and it is similarly very delightful and good spirited. Uh, it is uh, an adventure game from a, a company we have never talked about really before. Mm -hmm. um, it is from Legend, um, so it'll be interesting to uh, 
kind of look at that yeah. different ethic as well. Well, and Legend's really interesting. Like Legend yeah. almost exclusively does um, licensed. licensed properties. Yeah. Um, you know, and the uh, Will was telling me about uh, Deathgate. He said what that is his favorite Legend game. He said that's really really good. Hmm. Um, and something that's been like a dark horse thing I've kind of thought about doing for the show, but really we should do for Abject Suffering is Companions of Xanth. Oh yeah, which is the the Piers Anthony uh, Legend adventure mm-hmm. game, which is not a great adventure game, but. I read the book it's based on and it's weirdly faithful and I have a, a strange amount of affection for it because I read those books. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, legend is really interesting. They also did the gateway games. Mm-hmm. Um, gateway one is mostly a text adventure yeah. and it was one of the first, uh, text adventures I got really into. Yeah. Um, it's got, it's got like still shots, like still screens, but it's mostly a text adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Use a text parser. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then finally we're doing Gabriel Knight three for adventure game month uh blood of the sacred blood of the damned finishing out that series yes um october is uh you know october so it's going to be horror themed uh the theme for that month is indie horror i'm looking at the calendar to see if this episode comes out yes by the time this episode comes out if you're listening to this on early release you have a week left to uh uh vote in our poll if you're listening to it on the day it's released you have one day uh, yep. to vote in our poll to decide uh, what we're going going to open that month with. Yes. Uh, we're opening that with a, a poll that the theme for the poll is just indie horror. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we are doing a compilation of micro horror games. Like a lot of people have done a lot of good work in these kind of half hour to 45 minute experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing a, a handful of those. Yeah. Specifically uh, things that we talked about uh, featuring some work by Kitty horror show. Um, one mm-hmm. of my, one of I guess it's a shared favorite of ours shared favorite uh indie horror developer uh we want to play daddy's long long legs a uh kind of a short text adventure uh or twine game kind of deal Mm -hmm. uh that is horror themed and uh i'm scared which is uh kind of a meta computational um exploration (laughs) horror game it's very strange yeah and and probably in there we will probably do i mean i think we should do it in that yeah that zone uh lost constellation yes which is the uh, prequel short adventure game to Night in the Woods, which is the third game. Yes. We're doing that month. Um, yeah, which is an adventure game that's a lot of adventure games in a row, but we are doing uh, that because that is spooky and then also like politically in a good place. Mm-hmm. And we will yeah. be recording that uh, just a couple of weeks before election time. Yeah. Like, uh, so. like, so it'll be weirdly timed well for one of the most important elections. Uh, in our lifetime yeah, that, yeah. that we'll live to see probably yeah. other than the last one yeah we, uh, you know, we, we really screwed the one. pooch on that one so yeah, yeah we fucked that we get a do-over <laughs> let's try again uh, guys yep and uh and and it's uh yeah let's hope yeah. uh so uh, we'll try to keep that to a minimum but my understanding is the political content in that game is pretty explicit yeah um so maybe we won't try to keep that to a minimum no i mean um, I, I, i'm i'm not going to try to do anything aside from you know reflect how i feel about the work so yeah if yeah. that's there it's, i'm yeah. not gonna i'm and not gonna it, Pull, pull, hold back on it so if it's about the state of the world it's gonna get talked about yeah. so maybe, maybe that's a good quarantine for people who can't stand that stuff yeah uh but people who love that stuff yeah your responsibility is to tell one friend to listen to it as well yes to make up for the, those people um if you want we mentioned that poll if you want to vote in that poll the way you do that is by donating any amount of money to our patreon mm-hmm. um if you're, you're hearing this on regular release you go do that today um one dollar gets you into that um it's patreon.com slash duckfeed tv uh, one dollar gets you into that, but every amount, you know, whatever you're comfortable giving, uh, you get in, uh, you know, reciprocated. Yes. So there's a kind of escalating rewards. Yes. Uh, additional content, uh, a, a whole show that is Patreon only, 
um, called Adaptation Decay, which is about different attempts to adapt video games to other forms of media. Not mm-hmm. video games, that's adapt games. Yeah, like we did games one about the Clue movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think that show is really good, and I think people who like this show would like it Yeah, as well. Um, yeah, and you just get a bunch of stuff, and we really appreciate your support. Um, you know, it means a lot to us. Uh, we work really hard on the network. Um, we put out a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, this is not only how we keep the lights on as far as continuing to do the show, but also how we afford apartments and such to live in yes. while we do the show. Yeah. Uh, and, I can't, and, can't record without a place to have a computer. Right. So, yeah. Can't record without, uh, you know, uh, a big old bag of cornmeal to fuel me. Yeah, I need I need my cornmeal and my metaphorical cornmeal, uh, you know. But but man cannot subsist on metaphorical cornmeal alone, you know. <laughs> just like, can't eat um, a wish, okay? Yeah, it can't it can't just be a PS2 Castlevania game, full of hallways, and that doesn't uh, doesn't keep me alive. Yeah, yeah, you know. I also need nutrients. So the uh, you know they you can you can go there and support uh, support your boys uh, through doing that. Um, the, those shows also show up on our store. That's another way you can support us. If you go to Patreon or duckfeed.tv slash store, mm-hmm. um, you can buy those episodes of Adaptation Decay a la carte or in seasons, yep. um, as well as premium episodes of Abject Suffering and a couple other miscellaneous things. Yeah. Go there and check it out if you have not looked. There is stuff from us that you have not heard that we think you would enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then ratings, reviews, telling your friends about it, things like that are all very appreciated. Yeah. So whenever we pop up on message boards, uh, we appreciate it. Yes. We see that stuff. So. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's just about everything. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Like, it's going to be it's going to be real fun uh, because that is uh, the game has it's not only is it funny, but it also has a very sweet tone Mm -hmm. that I really appreciate. Yes. So, um, yeah. And uh, until next time, uh, watch out for Trial by Fireballs. (laughs) Good night. Good night.